You've seen those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I'm gonna say that, did you? Your move, creep. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Film Feast podcast. I am your host Matt Bledsoe, and this week we are talking about Dario Argento's Phenomena from 1985. Uh, to help me talk about it, I'm happy joined once again by the host of the Cobwebs podcast as well as the Cobwebs YouTube channel, uh, Daniel Epler. Daniel, how you doing? Hey, Matt, I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm definitely excited to talk about Phenomena, and I was hoping at the end we could talk about our top five Paul Corvino films. <laughs> Oh, well, I was not prepared for that. So let me go to IMDb. Uh, no. <laughs> I've seen all of his films and have his posters all over my wall. <laughs> uh, you can bring up all the Paul Corvino films you want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, deep cut for the phenomenal fans out there. Uh, they, uh, but yes, I'm very excited to have you back on the show. It's been a while. Our Discoveries episode in December. I think it was the last time you were here. But some big things have happened. You had a baby since then, <laughs> so I'm sure people, if they follow you, know uh, that you're a dad now. So I'm, I'm seems like you're enjoying that. Oh, I'm <laughs> loving it. It's it's like my favorite thing that's ever happened. When I was talking to another podcaster who re also recently became a dad, and when he was telling me about it, he's like, "Man, it's so much better than like any new Blu-ray release or any new movie <laughs> coming out." And that's absolutely true. Um, I'm just having a blast. Love him so much. Um, it hasn't made so far. It has not made me more emotional with movies. That's what a lot of people have told me oh, that like, yeah. oh, now you'll just cry during every movie. Um, it hasn't changed my movie watching. And in fact, I did watch Phenomena while he was just like <laughs> chilling in his swing right next to the TV while just this bonkers, insane shits happening on the TV. And I'm like, this feels right. I just I like this. <laughs> Thank you. Send me a picture of that either to like me and uh, Keith and a little like text chat or j a group chat. And uh, I, l I think he's like looking away at least. He's like not even looking at the screen. He's like totally asleep, turned away. Like, no, he he can't see TVs at this point. He can see like a foot in front of him and everything else is a blur. Yeah. So this is the best time to watch crazy Italian horror in front of him because you can do no harm. It's fine. You can't. <laughs> I know, like I'm. I've been thinking about that. Like, oh, what's that going to do? Luckily, I watch a lot of like really old movies that oh, yeah. you know, if they have anything dirty to them, no kids even going to understand. But I was like just laying in bed early morning, just kind of holding them, calming them down. And on the TV, I've got Umberto Lenzi's Hitcher in the Dark on, oh, which no child should ever watch. And I'm just like, man, I'm not going to be able to do this in like a year. Like that's too bad. <laughs> not that Hitcher in the Dark's that great, but I want the option to watch Hitcher in the Dark, of course. Yeah, of course. You always want the option. That's uh, this you have to sneak it in once he goes to bed. Because yeah, I, my <laughs> my friend has like a now he's three and a half, three and a half year old. And I feel like the past maybe six months, like we, he started picking up on a lot more stuff. You could tell like now it's like he'll repeat stuff as soon as he hears it. Like right, so, you got to be yeah. very careful about what you say. Like we'll talk on the phone sometimes. He'll have on speaker and we'll be talking. Maybe maybe some swearing going on, and then 
<laughs> hear him the, the baby in the back, three year old in the background, like say bullshit. Like, no, oh, no. It's like my friends, like, don't repeat that. Don't repeat that. Uh, like, uh, like we forget, we forget. Like, oh no, we can't swear in front of the kid. <laughs> but, um, so yes, get oh, those movies in while you can, while he has no idea what's happening, and they'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be like grabbing Italian horror off the Blu-ray shelf just subconsciously in a few years, <laughs> like. I want to watch this. And you're like, why? <laughs> I do like, I hope one day when he's like a preteen or something, like has a sleepover with friends over here and he like sneaks one of my Blu-rays of some crazy 80s horror movie thinking he's doing something wrong, uh-huh. but I'm like secretly proud of him, but I can't let him know. That's like, yeah, you know, secretly you love that. it. I would love like, you're. they're all, they can't see you in the background. Just like nod, put your head in, kind of nod, like, yes, great. And then you <laughs> sneak out, like, this is what I wanted. And then he has to pretend like you're like, oh, no, you shouldn't have done that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, I didn't want you to watch pieces. Darn it. (laughs) Oh, man. But well, that's great. I'm glad you're having so much fun as being a dad. It seems like you get you and Steph having a great time. So that is awesome. I'm glad to have you back talking movies again. Uh, I did mention your YouTube channel a little bit. I've been loving your YouTube channel. I'm not even telling you this because you're my friend. I like legitimately. even if I didn't know you, I would be enjoying it because you're making the kind of stuff that I enjoy, like showing off Blu-rays and like top 10 lists and all these like other channels I already liked. I'm like, oh, Daniel's making the content that I already love. And uh, it's nice because I know you, too. So that's the kind of stuff I put on at night when I'm trying to like calm down and relax. And it's very soothing. So I love your YouTube channel. <laughs> so thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think I really got going with it because leading up to like having the baby and everything, I feel like my life was getting busier and crazier. And I started gravitating more to watching YouTube than like listening to podcasts because I was like too brain dead for podcasts. And I realized that like, if you want to watch a fun YouTube personality, talk about Christopher Nolan movies, the Halloween franchise, MCU, like the choices are practically endless. There's so much out there. But if you want to watch a fun YouTube personality, talk about like 50s Westerns or 30s screwball comedies, there's almost nothing like not quite, but there's almost nothing. And I thought like, well, let me just like bring what other people are bringing to talking about Ant-Man and bring it to talking about Rio Bravo. And basically that's what I've been doing. And, uh, and I've been having a lot of fun with it. So thank you. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that uh, you're enjoying it. Yeah, no, it's, it's been great. So, um, and before we talk about phenomena, like we always do on this show, uh, wanted to hear about stuff you've seen lately that you've enjoyed, or as always not enjoyed, whatever you want to talk about. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. So I, I did watch a few horror movies, Uh, Partly just because, you know, to have them to talk about here, because I figure people are clicking on this to hear about horror. But also, I've been like getting into a horror mood because here, like we're right in between, well, everywhere, we're right in between um, winter and spring. And it's kind of feels like fall. And I'm like, ooh, it Mm -hmm. feels like October. I'm going to watch horror movies. (laughs) But I do have one non-horror movie I want to talk about that I actually watched a couple weeks ago. Because I I love it and I want to boost it. And I think Film Feast listeners will be interested in it. And it came out the same year as Phenomenon, 1985. Uh, that's a teen comedy called Secret Admirer. Oh, okay. And uh, and it's starring C. Thomas Howell. And he's a guy who receives a uh, anonymous love letter. And he doesn't know who it's from. But his friends convince him that it's probably from the super hot prom queen who he's never been able to get a date with, who's played by Kelly Preston. And Kelly Preston, of course, you know, rest in peace, but she was always beautiful and everything, but she is like luminous on another level in this movie. <laughs> She's so great in it. But um, so he starts trying to get a date with Kelly Preston thinking she wrote in this letter, but maybe his like his nerdy friend played by Lori Laughlin. So this is like the movie version of the 80s friend of the nerdy <laughs> That's friend. That's crazy. Because, that she's yeah. a nerdy friend. It only works because Kelly Preston is like a literal angel. So like 
even yeah. Lori Laughlin can look like the less attractive option if she's next to Kelly Preston. <laughs> but so, so all that going on is like, that's fun. And that's like standard teen comedy stuff, but it's good. But what makes this movie so great is all the stuff with the parents. Cause these love anonymous love letters start circulating among the parents. They start finding them and they either assume that it belongs to the spouse and the spouse is cheating on them, or they assume it like belongs to a, a coworker gave it to them. And then they start like, um, start contemplating having an affair when they weren't before and all of the drama that happens among the parents is so good it's so funny and uh and two of the parents two of the actors i didn't really know but two of them are d wallace and ward bond and they kind oh. of have like <laughs> uh -huh. actually like a wong kar Wai in the mood for love storyline basically that these letters cause except this time it's entertaining and um <laughs> Subtle, subtle dig to drive you crazy. Oh, okay. um, I just gonna I let, just, okay, let it slide. It's fine. <laughs> I loved this movie. I thought it was like one of the better 80s teen comedies I've ever seen. And I'd hardly ever heard anyone talk about it. I just watched it on Tubi, but it also just got a Blu-ray release from Kino, um, which I pre-ordered and I haven't gotten yet because I, I don't know if you heard about this, but Kino switched warehouses recently and like a lot of their shipments are super delayed. So haven't gotten that yet, but um, I do highly recommend that Blu-ray or just watch it on Tubi because I love this movie. I did not hear that Kino news. First of all, that's a little like ooh scary. I hope that I hope that goes smoothly because uh, um, yeah. And I I no wonder I keep seeing this pop up lately because it's getting a Blu-ray because I kept seeing the poster. Oh, okay. And it kind it kind of sounded fun. Um, I like that cast of people you just mentioned. That sounds like a good time. Um, I yeah, I I could be into that. I think I need to add to the list. The never any list, but I but it does sound it does sound like a good time. And I kind of feel like I've been in a mood for. 80s stuff and even more specifically kind of 80s comedies or 80s romantic stuff which will come up a little later because something we all watched recently for at this movie fest uh i was like i need to go back to watch some 80s stuff uh so i i kind of want to check that out now <laughs> yeah i'm with you i've been enjoying 80s stuff recently too <laughs> Um, and then to get into the horror movies I watched, this first one is 80s. It's uh, The Believers from 1987, which I watched because Elric Kane recommended it on Pure Cinema Podcast when they did like this video store sampler episode. And this was another one I watched on Tubi. I've been really enjoying Tubi, especially lately. I mean, Tubi seems like it's been especially good lately. There's been a lot of stuff on there that's that I've been finding that literally is no not streaming nowhere else and you can't like pay to rent it and it's on Tubi. I'm like, well, that's, <laughs> that's something. So yeah, Tubi's just getting better and better all the time. I tell you. <laughs> I agree. Like I've always known Tubi's good, but honestly they fell off my radar for a little while. And then I watched this movie, the believers, cause you could only watch it on Tubi and it looked amazing. It stopped for commercial breaks three times and it's a two hour mm. movie. And that I was nice. like, I don't even mind these commercial breaks. That's a chance to like, look at my phone for a second. Like I'm not even upset about this. So I've watched a few movies on Tubi recently. Um, okay. But this one is uh, it, it's interesting. Cause it's a very like adult horror movie that I'd never seen before. And it's directed by John Schlesinger. I think it was maybe how you pronounce his name. He directed Midnight Cowboy. And yours version okay. sounded a lot better. <laughs> yeah. That one. And he directed marathon man, but anyway, oh, okay. This one is starring Martin Sheen. And in the opening scene, uh, it's him and his wife and his kid. And they're like making breakfast. And in a freak just household appliance accident, his wife is killed. Um, so then it picks up a few months later. And it's him and his son. Like they've moved. They're trying to pick up the pieces of their lives. And he's a, he's a police psychologist. And he kind of gets roped into this, this investigation of a series of grisly murders that are happening in the city. And it ends up pointing to some kind of cult with some kind of voodoo stuff. And 
I was a little disappointed in this one, um, especially based on what I'd heard about it, because I think like it's very well made. I think all the drama is good and it's interesting and the acting is really good, but it just never really goes to a good horror place. I thought like I kind of waited this two hour movie for the horror to really ramp up. I didn't feel like it ever really did. We get a couple of things. Actually, the uh, the spider gag from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark is directly out of this movie. I was surprised, yeah. like, exactly. <laughs> so that's, like, one cool moment. But mm-hmm. um, I just never thought the movie really built towards anything. It kind of fizzles out. So I wasn't a big fan, but it's definitely well made. There's this weird subplot where, like, Martin Sheen starts having this romance with his landlord and like as soon as they have sex he immediately is like hanging out with her with his son all the time and when the son gets upset like you're not my new mom he like screams at him and hits him it's so over the top <laughs> and ridiculous but oh my god Martin bad Sheen is screaming through like this whole movie he's good but... at that he's good at screaming uh that's wow okay so your description of believers is what i'd heard about the believers forever when everyone brought it up was like okay oh it's like it's kind of like half a good movie or it's kind of like it's a two and a half star thing or it's it's kind of like eh, like a shoulder shrug and then elroy talked about it on that same episode which is a great episode if you're cinema um and he sold it better than anybody's ever sold it <laughs> which which he did for another horror movie which i'm not going to bring up that i watched that i really did not care for but he he's good at selling stuff it's that's it, a good it's you know i can't blame him he's just good at selling it but then i watch it and i'm kind of like Huh. So what you're saying is more in line with what I've heard about the believers for years. And when he was talking about it, I was like, oh, maybe the believers is better than, uh, you know, I'd ever heard anybody else say. But now I'm a little more hesitant again to watch it. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, Yeah, I'd almost say, like, watch it when you're in the mood for, like, an adult New York drama, not mm-hmm. when you're in the mood for a horror movie, because it's not great at being like a New York adult drama, but like it's better at doing that than it is at being a horror movie. I think. Yeah, I've heard the horror is like very light. Everyone always complains yeah. like, is this really even a horror movie? It's like barely, or it's barely a horror movie, you know. So, um, yeah, okay, all right. That's that's kind of what I thought about the believers all this time. So, um, at least it wasn't like a total waste of time. It sounds no, like. <laughs> yeah. no, it was not. But on the polar opposite end of the spectrum, okay. <laughs> I watched another horror movie from around this period, 1979, that's also like about adults and it's like very well made. It has a budget um, and it's called Prophecy and it's directed by John Frankenheimer, who all, all movie nerds know. And um, and it's uh, it's an eco horror movie and it's about this guy who works in public health and he gets roped in by the EPA to go to. Let's see, I think it's Alaska or it's somewhere around Alaska to this very rural area where where a, Na- a Native American tribe lives and to investigate this paper mill factory and see if they're doing anything bad uh, with the, well, basically there's like a land grab kind of thing where the paper mill is trying to take the land away from the Native American tribe. And the EPA is basically doesn't want that to happen. So he goes in there to try to stop that. So it's like a really good drama about um, about this tribe versus uh this big business and and it has a lot of like social commentary that i think is really well done uh the main character and his wife have this really good kind of personal drama going on all that's great but when this movie builds to a horror movie it's spectacular because what he finds without spoiling too much is of course the paper mill is doing something bad to the environment they're contaminating the environment and it's leading to mutations 
And uh, and it's it turns into a giant bear movie. It is a mutated bear by the chemicals that this plant is emitting. Um, so it's like cocaine bear, except it's <laughs> it's uh, more corporate and less cocaine. And um, and it's spectacular. Like it goes so crazy. The bear carnage is so awesome, and it gets so intense. And I found out after I watched the movie that it's rated PG. And I could <laughs> not believe it. I was like, there's no way in hell. But, you know, it's the 70s PG, like Jaws is PG. Prophecy is somehow PG. So do not let the PG rating keep you away. Um, I love this movie. I thought it was so much fun, but still like a good drama about good characters. Okay. See, this is another one that for years people were kind of like, eh, prophecy doesn't really live up to like the the... The, the premise basically it's not that great so when you like raved about it i think i saw your other box rating and said daniel you're the only person i've ever seen who <laughs> loves prophecy um like i i really wanted to watch it for you this episode because i was after you'd seen it i kind of want to talk about it i just didn't have time but um i'm definitely gonna watch this soon because i think it's on up it's a, a lot of places streaming i think when it looks up it was like hey, i watched prime on prime to be it was like on a lot of streaming places um so now i'm very curious to see it for myself uh do they do they show a lot of the mutated bear? I thought that was a complaint. Oh yeah, okay. they might show too much for some people oh. because like it's not the greatest special effect I've ever seen. But I I personally don't care about that. Like when I watch an '80s horror movie and it's a practical effect monster, I'm not that concerned that it looks real. I'm just like, ooh, it's a cool practical effect monster. I'm into <laughs> uh -huh. that, you know. Okay, I mean, yeah, yeah. I want to see this now. It's I mean, it sounds fun. It sounds like a crazy time. So yeah, I'm always happy to fun. see a. PG movie that too that probably should have been like rated R or something too like that had to get away with this type thing. Um, that sounds cool. I'm I appreciate you selling it. So, um, oh, anything else about on that one or? Well, we we can just lead into your picks okay. because uh, I went to see Scream Six. Do you want to mm. start on this? <laughs> uh, no, you can start. I'll just I'll just jump okay. in. You want to kind of start with your? Well, I'm curious. What did you think of Scream Five? I don't remember what uh, Scream 5, I think, is okay. It's my personal least favorite Scream movie, but I don't think any Scream movie is bad. I actually rewatched it just before Scream 6, and I liked it a little better than the theater because one problem I had in the theater was I thought the end reveal was very predictable. But when you rewatch it, that doesn't really matter anymore. But I just think, like, I think it has the weakest, least interesting social commentary of the bunch. I don't think the new characters are particularly interesting, most of them. Um, and I don't think the legacy characters other than David Arquette are used in a very interesting way. So it, 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 I think it's the most derivative of the Scream movies, mm -hmm. but I think it's well-made enough. It's watchable. But I saw Scream 6 and I loved Scream 6. I thought, I personally think it's like a huge jump from Scream 5 because while I thought the new characters were kind of meh in Scream 5, I think they have progressed so much and they're so much better and more interesting in this movie particularly sam carpenter played by melissa barrera the lead and that's like that's so important because i i think you and i probably agree that the appeal of the scream franchise is really sydney prescott and also gail and dewey it's not so much Ghostface. so if you're gonna go on with new characters you gotta have a really great lead character mm -hmm. And I think Sam Carpenter has become that. I post on Letterboxd, she's my Dexter because the, <laughs> the last movie hints that she has like, well, she has a serial killer lineage and it hints maybe she has serial killer tendencies, even though she's a person that knows right from wrong. And this movie really progresses that in such an interesting way. She's almost like, if you're putting this in the legacy sequel context, she's almost like uh, Ray and Kylo Ren are one character. 
And oh, wow. I think that's so <laughs> awesome. Like I love her. I'll just go ahead and stop there and, and turn it over to you. No, you're, you're good. I, uh, I like that comparison though. Uh, what's funny is you went first, you said a lot of the same things I was thinking about scream six. I'm very much on the same page with you. I really, really liked it. I did think it was a step up from the last scream and I liked the last scream. Although one of those things where I saw it, the theater i was like i really like that and the more i kind of thought about it i'm like did i like that as much as <laughs> i thought but i never re i didn't get to rewatch it before this one came out but i you know remember enough i was like i'm fine going without it uh and this one i just thought yeah like went to a like it kicked it up a notch like it just like and, and it kind of has shed a f i don't want to spoil anything uh, some of the legacy characters which they need to do because it just can't be around forever one way or the other. The actors don't want to do it or people get killed off or whatever. Um, I do really like the main, the core four, as they core the four, absolutely <laughs> love the core four stuff. I was so surprised when I saw more than a few reviews say they thought that the new characters in this one, not even the last one, the new in, in six were like, oh, I don't like these new characters are not well developed. I'm like, well, how well developed was like anybody outside of, the main three from the original screen movies, you know, like, so I, I don't know. I really like the new cast. Um, I thought, yeah, like Marissa Barrera really kind of was stepping it off from last time. And I liked her last time and Jenna Ortega got to way more this time. She was kind of, I think sidelined most of the last movie. Remember, right. Yeah. She's in a hospital. She's Laurie yeah, so in Halloween too. Yeah. She's of. definitely going to do much. Um, New York's a great setting. They use that really well. Totally agree. Yeah. I really liked it. And like, Oh my God, the opening, like the cold open is oh my God. so good. And I was like, oh, like I am in for something different here. This yes. is really cool. It's I, I one of the better cold opens in a series that has a, a lot of good cold opens. <laughs> like, yes. Like that's kind of their strong suit. Uh, Love that. Great set pieces. Some of the best set pieces in the whole series, I think. I totally uh, agree. I think this is one of the most intense screen movies. Very intense. Yeah. Like the apartment, I wouldn't even say more than there's like a, apartment thing with there's a ladder involved it's very tense there's a uh i mean i'm happy to see uh, that's not kirby is back uh i liked her that. a lot yep yep um what else i mean and i will say one thing that i didn't really care for was the killer reveal was i thought kind of yeah but weak. i feel that way about every screen movie except one in four i think they pretty okay. much all have eh, <laughs> yes. killer reveals that's the funny thing i thought back and i said well wait a minute I, the only killer reveals that really mind is really getting me were one in four like you just said yeah. those are my and it's funny because i rank the series almost based on the strength of the killer reveals when i was looking at my ranking even though that's not like what i was thinking it kind of was subconscious like i would still say i go one then i go four then i go this one then i go uh, two, Scream Two, uh, the last one, and then three. But is I don't this think... overall ranking or killer reveal ranking? Overall, but it kind of okay. goes with the killer reveal ranking. And weirdly sure. enough, I was looking at it going, oh, that's weird because they didn't plan it that way. But yeah, they've had some meh killer reveals um in the past. I know people love Scream Two, and I really like Scream Two, but I am not as high as everybody else is. And I think part of that is the reveal of the killer in that one. That whole I'm just kind of like. Eh, like I don't know, like it makes sense. I kind of, but I just, eh. but yeah, this one again, I was kind of like, eh, killer reveal. Um, but it wasn't bad. It, you know, it was. I don't want to say sport too much. Obviously, this came out, but um, just kind of. But then I thought back. Well, that can't knock it that much because they've had that problem before. But I mean, the set. Yeah, piece I think so it's good. no better, no worse than an yeah. average screen movie. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the set pieces are great. Love the new cast. Uh, it's still it's funny. It's got 
good comedy i thought it's not like overdone the comedy it's it's kind of funny because uh it almost is it's pretty humorous for like the first i don't know 40 minutes and they do like almost like a chunk where there's like a lot of funny stuff we're talking about the rules of franchises and horror movies um because yeah it's pretty it's very intense like i don't know if it's the most intense screen movie but it's it's got to be up there because i felt it, funny my sister at one point leaned over to me i think near the ending and pointed at her apple watch and her heart rate was high <laughs> <laughs> that's the she ultimate was, review of a scary movie right she was like pointed i was like oh shit wow um so yeah i mean i had a great time i loved it um i think they're doing great stuff with this series now because um i like where they're taking they have to take it the direction they're taking it i'm glad they're kind of making their own thing now uh while still obviously calling back to stuff in the series and kind of reusing things i think the next one i almost don't want it in a way but i'll i'm happy to have it but i think the next one should be i'm gonna imagine pretty pretty or, or very different i guess i'd say like i got a feeling the next one's gonna be kind of like very not off the rails but I, they I'm go on curious. halloween ends oh god they take, I don't, they're taking this to halloween ends territory i don't know if they ever get to that territory but but i am very curious where they take it because i kind of feel this one i'm like you could end it right here but um I'll be very curious to see where they go, but I really enjoyed it. So it seems like most people enjoyed it. That was nice. So, yeah, I feel like just the overall vibe about this movie was most people had low expectations and pretty much everybody's happy with it. And when does that happen with new franchise movies? You know, not that often. (laughs) It's pretty cool. Yeah. So happy to have it. Um, And it's doing well, too. So we're definitely getting another scream, I'm sure. (laughs) So Highest opening of the whole franchise. Yeah. That's that's crazy with how popular that franchise has been. Um, But yeah. I think you mentioned this on your last episode with Mike, how like audiences are telling studios now with their dollars that like we want things that are a little more different and we don't want the same things that we've been getting over and over again. Because like, well, I'm one of the people that really enjoyed Ant-Man Quantumania. I thought it was a lot of fun. Audiences are saying like, we we will show up to the theaters, like even though you know out of the, coming out of the pandemic, we will come out. Um, but we're not so interested in going to these Marvel movies anymore. Like we want things like Cocaine Bear and Scream Six and um, Creed Three. <laughs> Creed Three. I, I realize well, these are still a lot of franchises, but it seems <laughs> like audiences are gravitating towards yeah. things that are a little smaller. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the thing because it's funny because we mentioned like people want things that are new. We're talking about Scream Six, which is like, but they want. I think they they're showing they want a variety. I think that's what's been happening lately because yeah. they're supporting a lot of different movies. Like, I can't remember what weekend it was. Somebody pointed out that like the, there was just a great variety. It was like Cocaine Bear was in there. You still had the Marvel movie, but you still had like eighty for Brady did well. Like you still yeah. had you know like and Co- like um, Creed three did amazing. Like I think it was the highest opening for that franchise. Like um, so yeah, people just seem like they are just kind of into everything right now, which I mean is good. Like this is how we get variety back in the movies, which is all I really want. Like I don't want no more Marvel movies. I just want Marvel movies and all kinds of other stuff: comedies, dramas, horror, um, weirder original stuff like. Yeah, give all of it. So I hope the studios are paying attention. Is I hope they learn a lesson. Yeah, because it it seemed like a couple of years ago that we were going the direction of theaters are mostly going to go away, except they're still going to exist for the big experience movies like Marvel or Avatar or Star Wars. Um, but that does not seem to be the case anymore. It seems that audiences do still want to go to the theaters and they do still want to see a variety of different movies. 
And that's re- that's really great because like I think a lot of us felt a lot of pessimism about the direction of theaters, particularly because of COVID too. Like, it seemed like that was just um, gr- just accelerating this trajectory, but that does not seem to be the case. And that's really, really awesome. Yeah, that is. I mean, I didn't think about that, that we kind of were like, oh, no, theaters are going to die or it's going to be just like a, a really premium experience. Like you go to a concert once every six months or whatever, and you go see the one Marvel movie every three to f- four months or whatever. And uh, yeah, no, it seems like now people are just going back for they just want to go to the movies is what it seems like. So that that is wonderful. <laughs> so uh, the real test for Marvel, I think, because Ant-Man was always kind of a weird franchise. I felt like it was always it never did that well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was, but then. If Guardians 3 does poorly, I think that's when you really got to raise the red flag because those movies have done well. And that's that's I don't know. That just feels like it's a whole different thing where because Ant-Man was never that big a deal to people. But Guardians, I feel like was doing better and they're more invested in that story than the Ant-Man story. But I, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens with Guardians. But I think Guardians is going to do really, really well. I this is this is one thing that I've been thinking about with the conversation about the Ant-Man box office is a lot. I think. Kevin Feige and Marvel, they put too much pressure on Ant-Man. They were like, this is our big phase five kickoff. Right. (laughs) But it's an Ant-Man movie and that's never been their biggest franchise. And this movie still had their biggest Ant-Man opening. Um, But I think Guardians 3 is going to knock it out of the park. I think a lot of people are underestimating the Marvels, but Captain Marvel made a billion dollars. So (laughs) even if nerds on YouTube are bashing Brie Larson all day long, people really liked Captain Marvel. So I think the Marvels is going to do really well. So I don't think Marvel is dying, but I think it's clear that they're not the undisputed king of the movies anymore. Right. Which is good. Yeah, that is just true. I don't think people are scared to counter-program them either. I think Ant-Man 2 had a lot of competition kind of uh, pretty close after it came out too, because then it did well. So it's kind of, you know, they're just, they used to clear the deck for a Marvel movie. It's like, don't get in front of it. Don't get behind it. Like, just stay away. Um, So yeah, if Guardians and the Marvels do well, then I think Marvel's like, okay, we're fine. If they do poorly or underperform then they got to get i think very concerned but i think they've already said out loud they've had quotes where they're like oh yeah we're gonna scale back on the shows yeah and some of the stuff which is good because the shows were getting like out of control (laughs) yeah that seemed to be a thing with that new ceo that nobody likes and that he was like (laughs) we just gotta pump out content like crazy and i i don't think that was kevin feige's fault i don't think anybody at marvel liked that that seemed to be the case so it's i'm very glad they're gonna pull back because like i love the mcu I haven't seen all the shows. Did I finish Falcon and the Winter Soldier? No, I did not. <laughs> did I finish one, Loki like a few weeks ago? Yeah, I finally finished it. It was that was still a good one. Did I like I didn't like Moon Knight really. I didn't even I start that. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, that, I didn't... that show looks like it barely exists in the MCU. I'm like, I don't think I need to see Moon Knight. Yeah, I think they made that point at some point. We're like, oh, we don't really know if it's even gonna tie in the MCU, so you don't really have to see it. It was like, what, what are we doing? I mean, it's not like everything needs to tie into a larger IP because that's been the complaint too. Is like stuff could stand alone, um, but uh, you know, it just I didn't think it was a very good show. It didn't. It felt kind of half-hearted. Um, it felt bad. I never started Mrs. Mar Miss Marvel. I think there was another one I even skipped. I can't, it's all like it just became a blur at a certain point. Yeah. Um, and I keep up the Star Wars shows either, so you know I don't watch shows that much. But it was like I was trying to keep up the Marvel thing, but I was like. Oh, this is exhausting. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah, so that's good. And apparently also Bob Iger, who's back as CEO, was trying to fix all the mistakes the last guy made, apparently. He said something the other day that I thought was funny about like, oh, we got to get back making physical media. Because yes, that's where the money I saw is. that. Like, 
yeah dummy like that's like, we should yeah. tell you this for years like, let me have the mandalorian on on, on blu-ray like my god it's like the biggest show in the world right i can't I, own it on blu-ray it's insane i just never understood like i'm not some genius but i just thought streaming seemed like a money pit because once someone pays their ten dollars a month like you like the show the shows really can't make money if that makes sense like yeah people sign up for ten dollars but if you spent 50 million dollars in the show that's probably way too much but i'm saying like or all this millions of dollars it's not like the subscribers are going to grow that much to cover the cost of all these millions of dollars being spent so there just seemed like there's a ceiling for how many subscribers you could get to pay for all this stuff and after a while it's like you're not making any more money it's just it's just i don't know so yeah i'm glad they seem like they're kind of getting back with like oh right we should release this stuff on physical media <laughs> like this is listen if all this is going great now movie theaters coming back physical media is coming back we've circled back it's a very optimistic episode <laughs> it is I, listen next thing i need to open again is uh movie rental stores i need video stores back if we can get that going oh absolutely <laughs> that might that might not happen but i i keep thinking we need like, drive-ins to make a huge comeback a drive-in in every town <laughs> We're getting really optimistic now about this stuff happening. <laughs> but I, I have thought to myself that I think only it probably only work in certain towns and cities, but a video store would be like a fun people would treat it as like a kitschy experience, like, oh, we're going to the video store on Friday night. It'd almost be like a an event, you know, like let's go to the video store. I'm not sure how long that would last. I'm sure there'd be some people our age, older, who were like, Oh my god, a video store. <laughs> and probably younger people would be like, wait, I have to go to a store and physically rent this thing that's dumb but i don't know but but i have thought there might be a weird nostalgia factor with opening a video store people might be like i just want to go to a video store you know i i don't know but um that's my dream but it's probably not gonna happen <laughs> sure I, I think it would have to be only in big cities where yeah, you've got like yeah. a lot of like kind of hipster type people yes and it can't <laughs> be just packed with like new releases it's got to oh, have no. a lot of weird stuff boutique stuff um, things that like you can't just go on HBO Max or Netflix and watch um, a place uh, like a discovery place. Like we walk around, we find something that looks weird and we rent it. Like that's the kind of experience you might need to curate. Um, but I don't know, like I have a lot of nostalgia about video stores. I worked in one for a long time. Would I drive out on a Wednesday night, like after dinner and go rent a movie instead of just stream something? <laughs> I don't know that I would, you know? Yeah, yeah, I know. I was just... Just uh, wish and hoping when I said that, but people probably, I think people would do what you, you'd be like after like a week, you'd be like, wait, why am I going to drive out on a Wednesday night? And I could just do this. Like there'd be a quick pop of interest and be probably, it fills out pretty quickly, but you know, oh, well, I'll take, <laughs> I'll take. I still think you should take out a business loan and get this started though. Don't oh, get me okay, wrong. Okay, perfect. That, listen, you're my advisor. I'm going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, I'm in the whole $100,000. <laughs> hundred grand so, on a video store. I've got so it's a, many. It's a lot of criterions I had to buy I, for this. You know how much those things cost? I didn't buy them when they were on sale. <laughs> oh God, Matt, you paid full price. Yeah. And I have all these unwatched copies. Nobody wanted of, um, Oh God, Tom Cruise is the mummy. I should think of something. Nobody wants. Tom Cruise is the mummy. I was like, what's the recent bomb Prodigium. that came out? Oh God. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it that's the funny thing i haven't even seen that movie yet so um oh man you know you know if i didn't like it and like i'm obsessed with classic monsters i love big blockbusters if i didn't like it there's not much there you know uh, yeah yeah so oh all right well we were just joking around for a long time i should probably get back on track so um okay scream six we both agree it's great 
That's uh, great. <laughs> would you? Where would you rank it in the series? I I'm I'm at number three with it. I, I put it at three, but honestly, I think it's possible that recency bias is making me underrate it because I put Scream 2 as my second. I think part of the appeal of Scream 2 is that it came out right after the first one and it feels exactly like the same world. All the cast members look exactly the same. Like it just is a perfect, just direct continuation. I love the first one so much, but I do think on repeat viewings is possible Scream 6 could overtake two because like the horror sequences are so good and I love those characters. So it's possible. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited. I do to really love all the Gale and Dewey stuff in Scream 2, though. That's hard <laughs> to beat. That's like my favorite stuff in Scream 2. That stuff is good. But yeah, I don't know. Now I want to rewatch all of them. So I'll probably do that soon. So, um, or at least when six comes out on a VOD or Blu-ray or something, I'll probably watch them all again. But um, still not a bad one in the series. I still three no? is not three is not great, but three is fine to me and i kind of like it more every time i watch it honestly because yeah make it its like own thing i'm like okay for screen three is fun um but yeah okay scream six is great uh so we both it feels like a long time ago but at this movie fest just happened last weekend but to me that feels like it really does feel like a long time ago that's weird it's like a month ago it's like at least but it was a week ago um my life is a blur right now so i have no idea (laughs) <laughs> that's understandable i have no excuse i just don't know <laughs> um so yeah for fs movie fest if uh people listen to this I, there's a lot of crossover i think people listen to this at this movie um we watched 83 movies most of which i had not seen before the fest i it was like maybe the most movies i'd never seen before an fs movie fest and uh it was <laughs> as even patrick admitted it was a weird kind of mix of movies a weird year for movies i looked up 83 in movies and it, it's one of those years where it's it's surrounded by great movie years. 82 is an amazing movie year. 84 and 85, I think, are amazing. 83 is almost like a weird kind of off year. Like, I feel like it's just like, I don't know. But it's not it's not terrible. It's just kind of a weird year. Um, So I won't talk about everything we watched. But I will. I think my favorite new thing we watched was War Games. The <laughs> Matthew Broderick That was movie. new to me, too. I'd never seen it. That was a fun movie. Uh. John Badham, who I realized during watching that, I'm like, man, he has a great journeyman directing career. Uh, and he's a really solid director. And yeah, War Games was uh was fun. I didn't even know what to expect from War Games. Like I'd heard about it for years, uh, knew nothing about it. Um but yeah, for a movie about mostly people talking, there's not like I think I thought there'd be like more action. Um, but it's very entertaining. Uh, it's got a great supporting cast of a bunch of people you recognize. Uh, but that was probably my that and Mr. Mom was like a close second that I'd ever seen before. Mr. Mom's a ton of fun, but um, but yeah, War Games is a good time. I don't know. Superman two didn't play super great for me. Three. It played, oh, Superman three, Superman three, yeah, yeah, Superman three. Just it uh, it was fun to tweet through with everybody. That was a blast because it's a crazy ass movie. Um. But yeah, not not my favorite. But yeah, War Games was the and Valley Girl to rewatch that was great. And Return of Jedi is always good. So you know, it was it was good stuff. Um, yeah, it was a it was a weird f this movie fest for me because like ne- currently when I watch movies they get paused like ten times because of the baby. So not being able to pause a movie just watching straight through was hard. And the only movies that I watched I, I did pretty much watch straight all the way through were War Games, Mister Mom, and Valley Girl. Um, and Mr. Mountain Valley Girl, I've seen several times. I love those movies. So War Games was a first time watch. Um, 
I don't know. I have a hard time watching movies for the first time with at this movie fest. And um, I thought it was okay. I it's funny. I grew up with my mom talking about that movie, like all the time. Like oh, that's uh-huh. like a favorite mom <laughs> movie. Um, and I thought it was okay, but I, again, like it might be different not watching it during the fast and when I can pause it when the baby needs something. Um, but I really enjoyed rewatching Mr. Mom and Valley Girl. I love the, particularly Valley Girl, love those movies. That was so much fun. Yeah. Valley Girl might've played better for me than the, I've only seen it one time before this. And funny enough, they might play better during the festival. Cause everyone seemed so happy to be watching it too. It was like, yeah, it was like there's so much joy for that movie. Also, Mr. Mom was fun because everyone, mo- I say everyone, mostly Anthony was just like, Daniel, you see, you see how it is to be a dad. <laughs> like, uh, it's like, you see this. Uh, and he talked about his Mr. Mom type experience. So um, it's a good time. It was a good time. And you were, and with Return of the Jedi, I'm always going to be happy because that's a great thing to close anything. I mean, it's the end of that trilogy. So it's like, you couldn't ask for a better ending, really. So, although I did go out and immediately buy the despecialized version. Oh, yeah, those. gotta have them. Gotta have I, them. Yeah, because it's funny because I thought before we watched that one, I was like, I'm not that bothered by the special editions. But for some reason, uh, the changes really irked me this time. <laughs> like, more, mostly the ending where they changed the song, uh, the whole scene in Java's Palace with the CGI dancer they added just a, like yeah. all the, it was bothering me more than usual for some reason and i was like you know what no no i just want to own the normal <laughs> the actual versions of these um i don't know why it bothered me so much more than usual but the, the most annoying thing about that whole thing is like listen if george lucas wants to make his own updated versions go nuts but the fact that they take away the original versions from people is so crazy. It's like, no, you can't have this anymore. It's like, it's like, oh, you grew up with this? No, 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 no. Well, you're only going to watch these now. Like, that's the part that I find messed up. If you like, you watch whatever version you want, it's fine. But the fact that it's like, no, no, only these now, it's like just so crazy to me. But, you know, it is what it is. At least I can get the other versions to watch. So, um, because I want to rewatch the whole trilogy now, honestly, because I'm like, it's been, it's been events. I watched all the, the original trilogy. So, you know, always a good time. Um, but yeah, it was a good, it was a fun time as always at this movie fest. Um, it movies that get a bump. I feel like even if they're not like Superman three would have been terrible. My own, but like with <laughs> tweeting through everybody was like, yeah, it's good. Um, it's, it's fun. Um, it's also like a confirmation that some like maybe not super established classics are actually great. Cause like, Mr. Mom. I love Mr. Mom. I didn't know if like Mr. Mom's a beloved movie. I didn't know if Mr. Mom's like a respected movie, but being on Twitter and everyone's like, oh my gosh, this movie's so well made. It's so tight. All the jokes work. It's like confirmation. They're like, oh, Mr. Mom is a great movie. That's good to know. Like, you know, I'm not, not wrong about that. That's always fun about <laughs> at this movie fest. That is nice. You're like, oh, okay. Other people love these movies too. And they are, they are great. It's not just me. Um, uh, last thing I'll bring up that I just watched, uh, amazing movie that was I, you didn't get to talk about it on the discoveries episode because you had to leave early you said it would have been an honorable mention uh i don't know what took me my whole life to watch this movie because it's like feels like it was made for me uh the last dragon from 1985 um oh my god this movie's amazing <laughs> like cannot it's one of the movies you're like how does this exist like what like crazy people made this and um i hear a lot of it was made just to uh make a soundtrack for like motown records i mean you can't tell it doesn't it, it's weird because i feel like it 
maybe came from like a cynical place of like, oh, I'm just here to push these songs and, you know, make some money. But I feel like it feels so sincere, like that movie. Like it, I think it's because of the lead performances of Vanity and is his name Timac, the lead actor? He's got one name. I, I don't know. Let me look it up because okay. he deserves to be called out properly. <laughs> he feels the main character, Leroy Green, I, I believe he's Timac. Uh, yeah, that's he, what it looks like. Okay. He's so like innocent, sincere type hero. Like, I mean, he's just so you can root for him. Um, I the God, the villain shown up. I mean, it's like so, <laughs> so good. It's just, I don't even know how to even like, there's just so much in the movie. It's like, it's a real, like throw it in a blender type movie. There's like R and B Motown songs. There's Kung Fu. There's comedy. There's magic. It's some like, <laughs> got to find the glow. I mean, it's, it's wild. I loved it. I, it was so much fun. It was so like, just a, I felt great after watching it. It was wonderful. It'd probably be on my discoveries list at the end of the year, either in the top 10 or definitely honorable mention. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know exactly why it took me so long to watch this. And I watched it during last June exploitation, which is probably the best time to watch this oh, movie. <laughs> but I didn't watch it for so long because I, I knew it was a quote unquote beloved movie, but I always felt like it was an ironic movie. Like oh. I expected like a Kung Fury kind of a thing. Like it's stupid and cheesy and we laugh at it almost like a spoof. That's what I always thought was the the thing with this movie. I watch it. I don't think it's that at all. Like it, it's very, very over the top, but in like a way that's perfectly in my wheelhouse. Cause I, I think I've talked before about how like my taste with action is primarily like action movies that are a little goofier. I like a little, I like cheese with my action and not mm -hmm. in a condescending way, not in a so bad it's good way, but like, I just like cheesy action movies. Um, and this movie's perfectly in my wheelhouse because the characters are great. You care about them. You love them. I love Vanity. I'm a huge fan of her in any movie she pops up in. It's kind of a musical. It's got, it's got musical numbers. <laughs> um, it's just like this big bombastic experience, but you still care about what's going on. And by the end, like, I just felt like it's one of the most purely satisfying action movies I've seen. Like, it's just so, just so satisfying. Everything that you want to see happens, happens, and then some. And you get, you just got to applaud a movie like that. So I'm so glad you watched it. I, I love this. It definitely would have been a high honorable mention for me on my discoveries list last year, for sure. Yeah, it's a crowd pleaser. I would love to see it, like, in a theater with a crowd, because I think it yeah. would play really well. Um Cause it's just, yeah, it's just, it's so much fun. And yeah, it gives you everything you want and more. It's, it's, it's so good. I like, I think years, I think years, like people told me, oh, you're gonna like Last Dragon. It's up your alley. And I'm like, ah, I'll get to it. Um, yeah. So I'm glad I finally watched it. So um, yeah, it was great. Uh, and I don't have anything else. So speaking of crazy movies, <laughs> uh, okay. I say this a lot in the show where I'm like, I don't even know where to begin this conversation. I was watching Phenomena today. Like, I truly don't know where to begin with phenomena, <laughs> like because there's a lot of different ways we could go. Can I ask you a question to set yes. the table? Thank you. Yes, please. <laughs> Would you like to speak to your recent declaration on Twitter that you now hate horror movies? <laughs> Which I was partially glad to see that because I'm glad to see musicals are no longer your least favorite genre. Oh, but still, I would love to hear a bit of explanation <laughs> about this grand definitive declaration yes. that you will not go back on. This is why I should never tweet when I'm <laughs> feeling any kind of way. Um, I 
yeah so uh you're right to call me out of this i i never do this either like there's uh i don't tweet when like oh guys i'm feeling sad today like you know like feel you know like i, I don't you know i'm like or oh, i'm feeling bummed about this or that because i know it's gonna pass the feeling will pass um so i just don't want to tweet about that kind of stuff because i'm like i'm gonna put it out there and then i'm gonna hear about it because okay <laughs> i watched a really i thought god awful horror movie all this called neon maniacs yes you did which yes, you did no not gonna blame albert kane but he sold it i thought pretty well i do think he put some caveats in there like it's low budget you it's know, apparently this... unfinished and they did oh, mention it, that it feels like it uh it feels unfinished. it kind of just it kind of just ends it's like oh the movie's over now um and it was like one of those movies that was like breaking my spirit i felt like as i was i don't know why <laughs> i didn't stop watching it because i thought it starts off fine and then it goes for a very long time of just drudge you know, nothing happening it kind of picks up at the end but then it's over so fast you're like oh it's it's done okay we're done um I thought it was very bad I thought it was really really bad and i tweeted something about like do i just not like horror movies anymore or something i can't remember what i said but uh uh because it's, it keeps happening with like uh like because i've seen so many horror movies i kind of have to dig a little deeper now and then i find stuff that's like you know it could be hidden gem it could be garbage it keeps coming up garbage so i was like and i don't know why i expect so much from neon maniacs i should have kept the expectations very low um but it just it just broke me. I'm like, I don't even know. Well, I've been kind of feeling out of the horror mood for a long time anyway. Um, and then I watched them like that. I'm like, oh, I think I'm really out because I, I, you know, I just I don't know. It was feeling some kind of way like I think I'm but I'm not because then I go and watch Scream 6 and I love it. And I watch Phenomena and I still love it. You love so, Sick, I think. I did Didn't love you sick. like Sick. I did yeah. like Sick. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of horror movies still love. I don't know why. It's like it's like I should not. I almost deleted the tweet. I was like, I should have said that. But um, it was just exhausting to be like, I'm trying to find older horror movies I haven't seen, and they keep coming up bad for me. Is what it feels like. But but uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. So I still like horror. Uh, I, <laughs> that actually was a good way to start. But <laughs> I mean, I in all seriousness, because like when you tweeted that, and I knew we were about to do this episode, I'm like, well, this is a good discussion point right here. <laughs> Um, but no, in all seriousness, I actually completely understand how you feel because I have been feeling the same way, but about action movies, which oh. I know. So we're like switched and like you're always in the action mood and I'm way more often in the horror mood. We're like, I love action movies. I've seen a lot of them. There's so many I enjoy, but I do have to be in a particular mood and the action mood isn't frequent. Like I, it doesn't come like every month, like every once in a while I get in a mood like and I want to watch an action movie. Um but it does have to be a specific mood for me. And I just think that's how you've gotten with horror movies, which is totally fine. You know, like we all have our genres that we gravitate to more. And the people in our friend group, like you and me, and, and probably Lindsay more than anyone, like we like all kinds of movies, which yeah. I think is great. That's my favorite way to be a movie fan. That's my favorite kind of movie fan to listen to. Um, but you can't be you can't be in the mood for all kinds of movies all the time. We all have the genres we gravitate to more. I certainly do. Um, and then the genres that we 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 tap into every now and then when we get in the mood, and that's totally okay. <laughs> well, that was very well said. I appreciate it. Yeah, I I feel like I'm always in an action mood. I can put on like any. I'll probably get to that point with action too, but I feel like I haven't hit the wall quite yet. I don't know. Like, and for some reason, feels like the low budget horror movies have a lower like uh, success rate than the lower budget action movies. Like for some reason, I can get some more out of lower budget action if they're not great. I don't know why. Like. 
I think because a lot of times it's a cheesiness that I always enjoy. I don't know. <laughs> like sometimes the horror movie is just boring. I feel like even a low budget action movie usually isn't boring to me. If maybe I'm just watching it at once. I don't know. But it's just it, it really hit me a little while ago when I'm I don't know if I want to name it by name because I know it's a movie people like, but it was a, a cheap cheaper 80s action movie and I put it on. And the plot was just like the most stereotypical action movie plot ever. Like I could have written it myself before pressing play. And I was just like, I'm so bored. I can't do this. And I build on it. And like, that's, I feel like there's, I feel like there's more variety in the horror genre where like, there are so many action movies with the exact same plot. But then again, there's so many horror movies with the same plot. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But all to say, like, I feel like you and I are switched on that, where I'm more often in the mood for horror. You're more often in the mood for action. And then we dip into those other genres whenever we feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd love to have a variety. Like, I like to go through, like, the week and be able to watch all kinds of different stuff from different time periods. And it just feels like lately, it's like I look at my what I've watched and there's been hardly any horror. And usually either if I liked it, it was probably stuff I've already seen before or you know, whatever, but it's, it's, I'm not watching as much of it. And if I do, it seems like it's not working as well, unless it's something I have loved for a long time. So I'm like, I'm like, Oh, everything else is like, Oh, I'm excited about this other stuff. But then horror is kind of like, eh, I don't, it's like, and I, so yeah, I don't know. It's been weird. But then I watch phenomena and I'm like, well, it's like, I'm still, still in the bag for horror because this movie's fucking nuts. And I love that about it. It's, uh, it's I, I'm curious, too, with Phenomena. There are multiple cuts of Phenomena. I will tell you, today I did not. I usually don't do. I watched the like normal cut of Phenomena and the Creepers cut back to back. I want to yeah. be really prepared for the show. This is going to sound crazy to some people. There's like a 30-minute difference, at least, like 30, 40-minute difference in the cuts. I could barely tell you what was dropped for the Creepers cut. <laughs> like, I felt like, and maybe it's because I've seen Phenomena a few times. I have all the extra pieces I need to kind of fill in the blanks of the Creepers cut. I don't feel like I was missing as much. Like, I think from now on, I'm going to watch the Creepers cut because I felt like I got all the crazy stuff <laughs> without some of the extra, honestly. I don't know if you've seen both cuts. You've only seen the one the, like. OK, so I the cut <laughs> I've always seen is like the international cut. And that's the cut that I watched prepare, prepare okay. for this podcast. But today, this afternoon, I also want to be very prepared. I put on the Creepers cut for the first time. Oh, okay. And I only got about 15 <laughs> minutes in. I couldn't stand it because oh, wow. it okay. felt like watching a movie in fast forward and none of the conversations made any sense. Cause I, because I just watched it. Like I did know, I noticed what was gone and I'm <laughs> like, this line doesn't make any sense because this line before wasn't there to like set up what they're talking about. And it was like driving me insane just watching these complete nonsensical conversation scenes because like half the dialogue is removed. Um, so I, I got to the point where it's like, I can't do it. I bailed. Okay. Cause like my thing with phenomena, I love this movie. I love the crazy stuff, but I like the other stuff too. Like I like the story. I like the characters. I like the conversation. And I really felt like watching the creepers got like, I have no idea who these people are because they've just skipped over like establishing who they are. And I obviously like I know because I've seen the other cut, but it was still driving me insane. So very interesting. Man. I'm if not pro creepers <laughs> at all. OK, wow. This is oh, this. This is great. Then this is a great starting point. So, yeah, I, I felt like I was going crazy because I'm like, is my brain just like filling in the gap? Like I could tell it was moving faster. Like I could tell that I was like, this thing is like moving at a different pace. But I felt like if you told me like what lines were cut or what things were, I'm like, 
I felt like my brain was just doing all the the heavy lifting and being like, oh, well, I know why she does that and this and she talks to bugs. I got it. Like, I felt like it just it moved this pace of like. Yeah, I mean, I, the funny thing is with Phenomena, the the normal cut, I feel like there's a lot going on. I won't say it doesn't make sense. It makes its own weird kind of sense. You know what I mean? It, like it in its own way. But like with the Creepers cut, I was still like, I feel like I'm getting it. <laughs> like, I, I meant to go look up like a real direct comparison online because. I'm like, well, what am I missing? Clearly, I'm missing stuff. There's like 40 minutes in the movie that's not here. But something I really think my brain was just like, we just watched this. We're filling all the little extra details in, like, so you get the main plot points. I could see how if you watch just Creepers and you've only seen Creepers, you remember, like, the movie makes no sense um, because they jump around. It moves very quickly. Like, it's crazy how much faster they get to certain things and you're like oh i'm already at the crazy last uh 20 minutes of the movie and um you know all this stuff so um yeah i don't know it's uh i i have you have you seen this like a long time ago or i can't remember like i think i saw this a few years ago for the first time uh i saw it i watched it the first time for one of like the early um June exploitations that I did. I watched it for Bugs Day, but I remember oh. I watched it in like three different sittings because like it kept getting interrupted <laughs> mm-hmm. and I didn't like it. I thought it was boring, but I think that was very much motivated by I watched it in three different sittings and I just wasn't really getting into the vibe of it. Um, but I rewatched it last year because I heard comparisons being made between it and Malignant. And I am a huge Malignant fan. And I was like, well, if if I'm remembering this movie wrong and it's actually like Malignant crazy, that's pretty cool. And I rewatched it and it felt, it did feel like another Malignant experience. Like it was a completely vastly different experience than the first time I had seen it. So um, I loved it then, rewatched it for this. I loved it again. It It's even like, like a movie I watched like in broad daylight, like during the day and like still totally gotten the vibe of it. I think it's very entertaining and unlike a lot some other Argento movies like very accessible I like the story I like the characters I think Jennifer Connelly does a lot to make it feel like more accessible for American audiences Mm -hmm. um so uh yeah yeah that's basically my history with it and um I love this movie it's so good (laughs) I yeah I think I watched it like in a random I, I know it was daytime it was like random Saturday afternoon because uh it's a couple years ago where it was i'd watched a lot of other argento movies and i was like i should probably get to phenomena and i remember getting to the last 20 minutes and i liked the movie at that point but i'm like this movie's crazy talking to bugs there's a chimp running around uh it's like there's i don't know what's going on you get to that last 20 minutes and i remember like like hands on my head like losing my mind and it keeps upping it's it's like it keeps going crazier and crazier um we'll get into spoilers i won't spoil things right now but like i just it it blew me away i think the last 20 minutes raised the movie up like 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 a whole star rating or something from that point where i was like this is batshit crazy like it's (laughs) it's so crazy and i think you're right general Connolly. i think does help make it feel way more accessible because i think if it was some unknown italian actress we didn't know it might feel even more like I can't get into this because I don't know what's going on. And maybe Donald Pleasant's not being there either. He's a familiar uh, person to have around. But yeah, she's she's good in it because I feel like I was thinking, like, was she making this going? What am I doing? 
what's happening here? <laughs> like, I mean, it's, she, I think she'd already done Labyrinth or was that like the same year? So she was making some weird stuff around this time. I think Labyrinth, Labyrinth came out in 86. This okay. came out the year before. So I was thinking though, wow, she was really making some weird movies to start her career off. Like, but just to go be in this Argento movie where you talk to bugs and, <laughs> and like, there's a killer on the loose and, you can communicate with the bugs to find the killer and then how it ends up. I just, and she was so young. I'm like, her parents were like, yeah, you should do this movie. <laughs> it just, I just laughed thinking the idea of them being like, yeah, yeah, let's sign up for this. I mean, but Dario Argento in 85, he's made quite a few of his big classics at that point. Um, yeah. Suspiria. He's a I mean, very respected Italian director. Right. I just, I, I kept questioning, I'm like, man, how much did Jennifer Connelly like, even understand what was happening but i think if if she did or didn't she has this vibe that it's there's it, it kind of like a little lost but i think that works because she is like a girl who's brand new to this boarding school been kind of abandoned she's going through this weird shit she's sleepwalking there's that whole kind of dreamlike quality to a bunch of the movie where you can throw logic out well, she literally uh, like sleepwalks. So like that's, literal yeah. dream sequences. <laughs> literal dream almost. sequence are happy. Yeah. Like, or feeling like a dream. Like that's, so she has to feel kind of, um, I think off, like an off in a way where she's just kind of like in a daze, which I think works for the movie because she's kind of been thrown into this weird situation. Um, you know, I don't, so I, yeah, I like her in the movie. It's, it's a performance I think works perfectly for the movie she's in, if that makes sense. And, yeah. um, yeah, she's gone to a lot of great stuff afterwards, obviously, great actress. But I, in this, I was like, is this a great performance? Or is this just like Jennifer Connelly just <laughs> being confused and it works for the movie? That that makes sense. <laughs> like... Well, uh, well to, to go back to your original point about like, why would a kid sign up for this? I, I do think that like, if you just describe this movie, it could almost sound like a Netflix show for preteens, like Wednesday or something, where it's like, a teenage girl goes to a boarding school and she has psychic insect friends and there's a murder going around and she has to solve the mystery. And the movie doesn't require her to do anything sleazy um, or anything like that. And she, the movie doesn't require her to do anything uh, particularly R-rated or objectionable. So I could understand like hearing the logline for this and being like, yeah, that sounds like a fun little murder mystery kind of thing, especially if you haven't seen other Argento movies, but it's his <laughs> execution of particularly the murder scenes and particularly the last 20 minutes that really ramp it up into like, should a child be in this movie? <laughs> the answer is yes, by the way, she should yeah. be in this movie. The answer, the answer is yes. Yeah. That, uh, sorry. Sorry. I felt like I was rambling there for, uh, when I was going through it, but I'm, again, I don't know what to tell this movie. Cause I feel like it's so, it's just so crazy to me. Like, I really love it. I was thinking too, I was like, how do I express that? Like, I really enjoy this movie. Cause it's kind of bizarre. And, um, it's it's more like I just enjoy it for kind of the the vibe of the whole thing. I, and I say that a lot about a lot of Italian horror and jellos. Like, uh, you know, it's hard for me to like maybe recount the plot to somebody, but I'm like, I don't know. I just like it, which is not a great, does not make great podcasting necessarily. But I just think this is, this is, I think one of Argento's better like vibe movies, if I can use that term. Like just the feel of it is interesting and weird and, uh, you never quite like have steady ground. I feel like. Yeah. Well, I like that as a very specific look uh, when looking at the rest of his filmography, because you've got um, Suspiria and Inferno, which are extremely colorful with a lot of reds and pinks. 
Tenebrae is is not one of his more co- colorful movies. It's a little more muted down. But I like the phenomena is so blue. It is such a rich blue film, like through the whole thing. And I absolutely love the scenic atmosphere of the Swiss Alps, the Transylvania of Switzerland, which I think is Daria, how Daria Nicolodi describes it. Right. Um, <laughs> but all that scenic atmosphere is yeah. so gorgeous. So it has a very distinctive look and atmosphere for his filmography, which really makes it stand out. Yeah, the, I was the, the background is amazing. Shooting in Switzerland looks incredible. I, it is very blue. You make that good point. It's different for him. I, I you reminded me of my my favorite lines though about when she's like when she tells Jennifer Connelly, yeah, they call it the Transylvania of Switzerland or Transylvania of Switzerland, and she's like, why do they call it that? And I think Dorian Nickelodeon's response is like, I don't really know. Yeah, she <laughs> says, I don't know. They just call it that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They just call I tried to write the script. Ah, fuck it. Nobody cares anyway. The American cut's gonna cut this out anyway. That I do remember still in the Creepers cut. That conversation, oh, okay. Nate, or that line was in there. Um, but uh, yeah, I just laughed so hard at like I don't know. They just called that like um, that's that's like just yeah, throw it out. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean it looks great. Like um, because he this is still him. I think in his prime, I would say because I think Argento's good people always say he falls off after opera but i find i like some of the stuff in the 90s like um oh god i'm blanking the name the the (laughs) trauma i like trauma yeah i like trauma okay i expect it again like i feel like we keep calling him out and i feel bad but elric kane sold it as like the craziest fucking movie in the world and i watch it and i'm like this is not that crazy this is kind of a normal murder mystery movie oh yeah i feel bad i'm not mean to like He's just good at selling. He stuff. just it's needs that. to stop trying to make every sound sound every movie sound bonkers insane, which I yeah. think is his o- overall goal. And that's yeah. you don't need to do that. With I, every movie. I do think maybe maybe the all trauma is not great. I only saw it the one time, but I do remember thinking the like ending reveal of what's happening. Trauma is nuts. Like I do remember thinking this is this is truly insane. Like what the the reveal of that movie is like there's a flashback sequence, like a hospital. I won't say what happens, but there was like I thought that part was crazy. The rest of the movie is kind of like. It's fine, but I do remember thinking this is nuts. But he might have oversold the whole package, as the whole thing. But I might, I might not be remembering it well. And I've just to be clear, I've listened to Elric Kane for a very long time. I will continue to all love and respect to the man. I don't mean anything bad. Yeah, yeah. this is just he's good. I'm, again. I'm not even saying anything bad. He's just good at selling stuff. It's it's we got to go in just kind of knowing like okay, he liked this. He you know level expectations, but uh, uh yeah, and then like up to I mean I I don't think Argento falls off like two thousands. I think he's good. Not as good, but he's still good in the 90s. But yeah, this, I was like, man, he really, this is very well directed. It looks amazing. Um, so I, yeah, I, it's like one of those movies I just put on. That's probably why I didn't pay attention to half the stuff that was missing from the Creepers cut to the, or the from the original cut. Cause I'm just like, it's just a vibe. Throw it on, man. Like just, it's like, just throw it on the background. Like there's a monkey running around and talking to bugs. I don't care. Like forget all the <laughs> little stuff in between. Like, um, which is, that, that's kind of how, I watch it, which is why I was so like, kind of thinking, how am I gonna talk about this? Because I'm just like, I don't know, it's crazy. Um, but well, that might explain why our perspective on Creepers is different. Because like when I rewatched it for the podcast, I had it in my head like, okay, I watched it a little while ago, thinking like this is all so crazy, blah blah blah. But I decided I'm gonna pay a lot of attention to the story, to the characters, to the dialogue. Like I'm gonna pay more attention to that than I ever have before. And I really like all that stuff. So then it drove me insane watching Creepers. And like, <laughs> there's the scene of Donald Pleasance talking to the police officers. And I'm like, 
it's like a third as short and it doesn't make any sense what they're talking about. <laughs> that was okay. I didn't notice that was much shorter. I was like, this scene is much shorter than the original cut. Um, I think the scene in between him and Jennifer Connelly talking about her talking to bugs is way shorter. It's it's like the scenes are still there in the creepers cut, but they are cut way down. They're cliff notes. Yeah. yeah they're like the real clipped like cliff notes versions of what they were in the longer cut. Um, so maybe that's why I feel like I was missing stuff too. Cause I'm like, it's all here. It's just like, at this like someone put a podcast up like two times speed it's like okay and cuts let's move it along <laughs> like it's uh i guess he thought american audiences wouldn't have the patience for it i Did, was he responsible for the editing for the american cut he might have not been I, that you're saying that i feel like the story was like whoever put the movie out over here i think cut it i don't know that's if that's what i would guess but i don't know the... i think it as much research as i wanted to for this on that one but um i do remember hearing i think that that he didn't um cut it down himself i think a company put it oh because it is a lot of movies in the video store they want to like make them sound more appealing in the video store so you call it creepers instead of phenomena which is a little more sounds like 80s horror and then you cut it down to a nice tight 83 minutes so people look at it and go oh that's short and then they can just you know because put two hours almost two hours for a horror movie it's a, a little long it um, is it's a little long for him it's longer than most of his movies but i think it even the two hour cut it was funny because the yeah, Creepers cut flew by. But I think the two-hour cut, almost two-hour cut, also moves really well. I don't really find it boring. I don't either. There's always something crazy going on. It's like, or there's a conversation about something crazy going on where it's like, it's like, you could talk to bugs now. I'm like, well, what's happening now? You know, it's like, there's always some new wrinkle thrown in there about, uh, you know, some other thing happening. There was a great, like, letterbox review, I think, that was like, uh dario's like i got a, a movie about a killer in switzerland in a boarding school great it's like and also jennifer Connolly talks to bugs okay that's Dario, patrick got... willems oh that's okay his letterbox review <laughs> i love that review too it's like and also there's a monkey okay just go make the movie Dario. <laughs> yeah it's like, <laughs> um it's just like one sometimes when it's like a hat on top of a hat on top of a hat doesn't work i think phenomena pulls it off perfectly with like just keeps throwing thing after thing at you and somehow it comes together especially in the ending where you're like it all worked out. I don't know. I don't know how, but, um, but yeah, well, I think, I, yeah. I was just Go gonna ahead. say, I, I think all that works and it doesn't feel like too much because Jennifer Connelly and Donald Pleasance are really good in this movie. They really ground it. I really like their scenes together. And what Donald Pleasance is delivering dialogue, like this is a job for the two greatest detectives known in the world, you and this fly, like, motherfucker is selling that you know and it's nice to see 1985 donald pleasance not screaming his head off about how evil is loose in haddonfield and it's a nice <laughs> low-key performance and i think he's really good in it um because donald pleasance is responsible for delivering exposition about how bonkers crazy the story is but he sells it and like he makes it sound scientifically believable when he explains <laughs> it how like, well, insects have a psychic connection. So obviously you just tapped into that. Blah, blah, blah. I wrote a book on this. Here it is. <laughs> this is this is very true. You bring up a really good point that I think those two performances uh, specifically help sell the crazier things that are happening and make it be like, oh, yeah, I buy that. Because, yeah, Don Pleasance is like shockingly low key for him <laughs> and very like grounded and feels very like trustworthy um and like yes i'm he, he knows what he's talking about and then jennifer connelly seems like all in like she just you know is very like believes what she's doing and like i i appreciate them both kind of really committing to the the whole thing because i feel like that really helps anchor the movie when 
if it wasn't them or people that weren't as good at actors, it could really maybe go off the rails and be kind of like, okay, this is too much craziness. <laughs> like, I don't say that too much. It might not be too much craziness, but it might be, uh, you know, it might be too much. I don't know, <laughs> but. Yeah, yeah. It, like one problem Italian horror movies run into a lot is when you've got like crazy dialogue or something and it's delivered by an Italian actor dubbed over by a horrible American voice. And mm -hmm. it sounds like there's no, there's no sincerity between the line and the performance of it. And there's no connection between the way the mouth is moving and the sound and all that's fun and it's charming, but it doesn't make you buy into the story or anything. But here we really get that with these two actors. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know how they shot this. Like, I, I mean, I imagine it's them talking. So I don't, know if they did the sound live on the set or they ADR themselves later. I didn't read about that. Cause I know sometimes Italian movies, they, they can do a thing where like, they just do all this the dialogue after the fact yeah. or everyone speaks their own language and but it's i mean they definitely seem it's definitely them talking one way or the other but it, i think they're talking on the set but um that there is that disconnect with like italian spaghetti westerns or cello where the dialogue is done after which is again fun charming its own way uh but it's there is sometimes like uh people doing the dialogue it's like i don't know but but yeah them being in it I mean, it helps that two actors we know. It's two actors that are, you know, speaking, like, doing their own dialogue, like, doing the whole thing. And, like, because, yeah, if it was... I don't know how the movie would be if it was, like, two just unknown Italian actors as those roles, you know? I just... I can't imagine it's as good a movie, um, even if it still goes completely insane at the end. You know what I mean? It's, like... Yeah. I think, I think you like the part. It sounds like you do like it more for... You're into, like, the story and the dialogue and the performances. Um which uh, yeah probably would suffer if it wasn't good actors anchoring that you know like it's there's a there's a, there's a much worse version of phenomena that exists i think with uh with random people in it and i mean again argento's a great director and he somehow makes this stuff work when i don't think it could work with some other people but um but yeah i you know i i do really i can put i've watched it multiple times which i don't tend to rewatch stuff that much but like I can throw on phenomena whenever it'd be really into it. Yeah. Like I, well, first of all, I, I do think it may kind of, when you say it out loud, it makes me sound crazy. Like you like phenomena for the story and the dialogue. Oh well, yeah. Like, no, I no, do. no, I, didn't. I think it's fun. And, and I like, it's I didn't mean it like, like that. I just, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've seen a lot of murder mysteries and it's just a murder mystery. That's really weird and has a lot of, extra stuff thrown in there that's very entertaining um although it did make me think speaking of like if jennifer Connelly was played by a different actor no doubt if this movie came out 10 years later she would be played by ozzy argento in fact i oh, think yeah. like she is such an ozzy argento stand-in I, I like i'm like he had to have written this for her like not for her to play but like for his daughter because even she has like a famous father who works in movies and everyone thinks her father is super sexy which is probably argento maybe writing about himself a little bit. <laughs> um, but it just felt like, I feel like he almost wrote, like, I'm going to write my daughter, Ozzy Argento, was going to serve solve a murder mystery, and that's my movie. Yeah, I, mean, I was thinking, like, I, I don't know how old Ozzy Argento was in 85. I guess she was a little too young. But I was like, oh, there's definitely a different version of this where she's the main girl. Like, that seems like that would definitely happen. Um, I did actually just watch, I don't think I was even thinking about subconsciously, uh, Mother of Tears with Ashley Argent. Yeah, Have I've never seen? seen that. How was uh, that? 
I didn't like it. <laughs> I did yeah, not. No that was another that kind of horror movie where I was like, oh, I don't know. But no, I mean, that again, no one really likes that. No one went to Back Mother of Tears. Yeah. That's on. Um, it, it's actually, I think it's okay for the first, like, maybe half or even two thirds. But I think it falls off such a cliff for the end that it's like, becomes like a disaster. <laughs> like, I don't, it's hard to knock a movie in 2007 for like bad CGI. But it's like a lot of distractingly bad cgi for most of the finale horror is the worst genre to have bad cgi into it's just yeah it it goes off it really kind of flies off a cliff that movie it's a really hard drop off for that movie but uh i kind of a friend had just watched it i think they liked it and uh i was like oh i i randomly had owned it digitally somehow i don't know how or where i picked this up on digital and i kept seeing in my list of things that i own digitally it was like why oh i should watch the movie i own it and uh, it's not great. I mean, it's like an Argento completionist only type situation where you're like, well, I've seen all this other stuff. I should probably watch Mother of Tears. Yeah, so. I'm looking at his filmography and like I've seen the run of Argento movies, but 90s and on, I've only seen trauma. I haven't seen any of those other movies. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm unqualified to be on this episode. <laughs> um, did you see Dark Glasses, his movie that came out last year? Still haven't seen it yet. You know, what? I tried to watch it one day. Uh, but I think I was doing like I was trying to kind of work while I was doing it and it's it subtitled so I don't know what I was thinking like I don't know why I thought it'd be oh. dubbed in English but it was not dubbed it was just subtitled so like well I can't get my full attention so I'll come back to it later I never came back to it so yeah um, yeah I he has a the the run of like people say his Dracula is really bad Dracula 3D um there's another one I'm his Phantom of the Opera I hear is not great um, have you seen the Stendhal syndrome? That's one I've been meaning to get around to. I've heard pretty good things about it. Yeah, I like that one too, actually. And then he okay. Sleepless, I think, comes out after that. You see that? Oh, one? yeah. I, no, I have heard some I, good things about Sleepless. I love Sleepless. I think it's his best 90s movie. And it's I, I gave it like, I, mean, I think like four stars out of five of Letterboxd. Like, I really liked it. Awesome. Um, okay. It's I think it's really good. It's really solid. It's just like a classic Argento giallo, like with no... I don't remember like a lot of crazy trappings. It's kind of like straightforward, just like make a good Jalo movie, you know? Um, but yeah, it's a, it's pretty cool. If I remember right. Um, so yeah, also I was not making fun of you for liking the dialogue. The no, I know and, you weren't. Just when just soon people as you said don't, I was like, Oh, people are going to think I'm crazy. No, no, no people okay, just don't though. tend to bring that up as things that they enjoy. Every, every review is like, Oh my God, isn't phenomena so crazy guys? Like, Oh, which is fun. But you're like, no, no, I actually liked the whole the whole movie you know like oh i'm into the dialogue i'm into the characters i think most people are like eh like just give me the crazy monkey stuff at the end <laughs> or well, i like that with most movies like just give me monkey stuff that's yeah. all i need but phenomena <laughs> is an exception for me just give me monkey stuff this other stuff get out of here <laughs> why were there not more monkeys in uh saving private ryan i don't know I'm to <laughs> you gotta watch the monkey cut dude oh yeah that's you're watching the wrong cut <laughs> Spielberg cut all the monkeys out of the uh, last cut. Or, yeah, it's like Kim. the guns being cut uh, out of E.T. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think he went back and fixed that, though. Uh, he I think did. He went back and, he did, okay, yeah. that's good. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's... Uh, I, 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 oh, Spielberg did have monkey stuff in, in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Spielberg monkey stuff. Oh, okay. right there. Well, then I don't like everybody with monkey stuff. <laughs> <laughs> cut, cut that out. Cut out most of that movie. Um, oh, boy. Don't even get me started on Crystal Skull. But... <laughs> Which I have to do a whole podcast about in June because I committed to uh, an Indiana Jones month 
So is this the, is this the grand announcement on the podcast? I, I guess kind of. I thought I, <laughs> I th- yeah. Did I mention it before? I mentioned to like all all of you guys. I needed guests. And I, yeah, I don't think I said it. So Indiana Jones, yeah, we'll just say it now. So Indiana Jones uh, is coming out the very end of June, like, like June 30th, literally. On my birthday, um, June 30th. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, also a June birthday, June 18th. So I forgot we're always close. Yeah. Nice. Um, and yeah, so I was like, well, that's perfect because I can just lead up the whole month to the new Indiana Jones movie, which I am cautiously optimistic about. <laughs> like, I'm going to see it for sure. But I really didn't like Crystal Skull, and he's even older now, so God knows what's going to happen. But uh, it's like we will see. But I'm doing, I I don't think I call it Indiana Jones June or Indiana June. I don't know. But <laughs> I want. I like something. Indiana June. Okay, I, I'm I, big on puns, so I I am too. It kind of that worked too. So um, I think we locked this in that you were going to be on the first episode on Raiders Lost Ark. I'm with- holding you to that. Yeah. Okay, me, you, and James Coddington, I believe, was what we yeah. decided. So I think I have all the guests locked in, except I'm putting out there on the podcast. I need somebody else to come on, some brave soul, and join me and Ken to talk about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, because right now it's just me and Ken, and that's not going to be a pleasant podcast to listen to, because <laughs> I I don't like that movie. I don't think I'm going to like it more when I rewatch it. Ken famously told me years ago, oh, I like Crystal Skull better than Temple of Doom. And I said, Ken, you're insane. I was like, please stop. I was like, I was like, Ken, have you rewatched them both? Um, so Ken's punishment is he has to do the podcast about Crystal Skull. Because has he changed his mind or does he still I don't know. That? He's gonna, I think, rewatch all of them leading up to the episode. So I I think he's gonna change his mind. I think he's gonna come back to me and go, I was wrong. Like, what was I thinking? I'm not sure what my crystal skull stance is because like I, I didn't like it back when I saw it, but when I look back on it, I just keep thinking. Well, that doesn't seem that bad. And well, that seems kind of cool. So I w- I'll rewatch it leading up to Dial of Destiny for sure, which I'm very excited for. Um, and I'm very curious where I'm going to land on it because like my, I, I don't know. I don't mind that he, that he survives a nuclear blast in a fridge. Like, sure. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. I, I think someone made the point of a podcast recently. I can't remember what I was talking about that movie and saying like the first half is not too bad. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff with Harrison Ford. And uh, oh my god, Karen Allen, Karen, I almost called Karen Black, uh, Karen Allen, yeah. Um, uh, a lot of good stuff with them, but then the Shia LaBeouf stuff is not good. And when they get to like that jungle, a lot of it looks bad because there's like the CGI monkeys and there's that quicksand scene that looks like it was shot like in a really cheap little sound stage, if I remember right. <laughs> like, there's it, I think you might be fooled like the first half, like, oh, this isn't that bad. And then the back half comes and it's like, oh, this is where all the bad stuff I was remembering, yeah, maybe so, maybe. I guess we're all we're me, me and you're gonna rewatch it, so we'll see. But yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I maybe I will feel differently. I I don't know. But uh, if anybody wants to come on and talk about it with me and Ken, open invitation for a guest because it's out there. It's out it's there, out. folks. Who's gonna jump on first? Who's gonna jump on it? The race. Talk Crystal Skull. <laughs> and whether you love it or hate it, listen. If you hate it, join in. But if you if you want to defend it, also welcome. Like I'm happy to sit here and talk to someone who wants to defend Crystal Skull, but. Um, it may be Ken doing that too. I don't know. We don't know how Ken's going to feel, but, uh, but yeah, so that's the official announcement that's happening all of June. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I haven't got to that point, but, uh, oh, Spielberg and the monkeys and all that. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Monkey stuff. Right. Monkey stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of monkey stuff, phenomena. So I think I, I don't want to dance around it anymore. I'm going to start spoiling major Let's stuff. Do it. Phenomena. Let's do okay. it. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this may be the most bananas last 20 minutes of anything i not of any it's it's up there it's up there because i remember watching this and like i said 
I'm enjoying it. It's fun. It's weird. And then it's like Jennifer Connelly goes to Daria Nicolodi's house. And then it really starts to ramp up because, because I didn't know what was going to happen at that point. I had no, I could not even guess where it was going to go because at this point we're trying to find this uh, murderer still. Daria Nicolodi always seems very uh, suspicious. She gives Jennifer Connelly poison, I believe, like poison capsules, um, all that. Then Jennifer Connelly escapes into this basement, finds this son we've kind of heard Daria Nicolodi talk about. He turns around. He is horrifying <laughs> he has this face that would add the makeup effect on his face is incredible i'll just start there before we get to the crazy so stuff. good i mean it it floored me when he turned around i could never have expected that's what i was gonna see and i was just like oh shit and um her response is a correct one she freaks out and runs away <laughs> like i mean i was just like i didn't expect that I think that's going to be, I guess that is the big reveal, but then there's like 10 more minutes where it's like, let's get even crazier <laughs> because she jumps into a boat. Uh, the little guy, I don't remember his name. <laughs> Do you know his, what is the son's name? I forgot his name. I don't know. <laughs> the little, the little fella, we'll call him, uh, jumps on the boat uh, with his little murder staff and starts <laughs> poking at her. Uh Jennifer Connelly calls down a swarm of flies, locusts. I think they're flies. Okay. Let's say they're locusts so that we can rank this with Jurassic World Dominion. <laughs> What's the there, best locust movie? There we go. There we go. Um, calls down a rain of locusts upon this little murderous son. Um, and uh he just starts, you know, pulling his skin off, and it's just crazy and gory, falls into the water. Uh, there's fire everywhere because he poked the gas can. Um, Jennifer Connelly swims away to shore. We think, okay, maybe now we're done. Her, she sees a car come up. It's her dad's manager. Is that right? Friend? I think it's his lawyer, Shapiro. His poor lawyer shows up to help her. It's so sad down. that she always calls her dad's lawyer. Her dad is unreachable. Yeah, dad's unreachable. Call always the makes lawyer. Me sad. I also feel really bad for this lawyer because he's just trying to help out, runs down the hill. He looks happy. Jennifer Connelly's happy. Gets his head sliced clean off by a piece of like sheet metal that Dory Nicolodi throws. <laughs> Another moment that I screamed at out loud. I was like, what? I was like, what's happening? To um, quote Mason Gooding in Scream 6, decapitations! Yeah. He, I mean, it is a clean cut. That head just comes straight off and darn it and she just hits him with like a flat piece of sheet metal i was like man she's she's strong and then so i think it can't get any crazier uh and then jennifer Connolly is saved by inga the chimp donald pleasance's chimp nurse that <laughs> uh and, and, and the nurse comes out with a knife one of my favorite images in a movie is the chimp with this knife that he starts stabbing darn it with and jennifer Connolly and the chimp walk off into the night together if i remember correctly if i must i'm forgetting something and that's the, like this that happens in 20 minutes that's like the craziest uh ending i usually don't go like point by point by a plot but i think i have to recount the ending of phenomena because it was just it kept topping itself it was like insane every minute till the end and i was like at the end i was just like wow bravo movie you did it <laughs> There's so much there. You you hadn't even noted when she falls in the pool of skeletons. Oh my god! Yeah, I skipped right over that. Uh, sorry. <laughs> there's no. There's just so much to cover, and there's the 
what i don't remember did the cop the cop is chained up like in the basement too and he's like the right. first thing that attacks her and he's all ripped up yeah this cop has been looking for the killer uh he's just chained up like i think i think i thought he was like a monster he's like no no it's me the, the detective uh, and he's all fucked up and then yeah then she falls in this like disgusting looking pool of like maggots and mud and skeletons and i felt so bad for jennifer conley it reminded me of the end of like poltergeist um where it's just like this looks i mean they really had to throw her into a vat of something i'm sure it wasn't as gross as it looked but they made it look disgusting and um did not look fun she just looked like all gross and it was just um god bless her that maybe that was a moment where she was like what movie am i in what am i doing here like what have i signed up for it would be great if somebody was like interviewing her for a top gun maverick junket and like asked her about phenomena i wish somebody would i It'd wish be, it uh, would be amazing i don't know how she feels about it um it'd I, be cool I, if she worked with argento again wouldn't that be amazing that would be nice. I don't know if it's going to happen, but no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> well, I mostly was even thinking like, is he make? Oh, he's, he made dark glasses last year. So he is still working, but he's, he's getting up there, but uh, I don't think she would do it. I, the funny, cause the trivia from phenomena has somebody Jennifer Connelly right at the top. And I was like, what does it say? Maybe it says, could said Jennifer Connelly said in an interview. And then I opened it up and it said, said she was bitten by the chimp. <laughs> that's what she said. Um, during one scene. Oh, that sucks. Uh, like, seriously how horrible would it be to get bitten by a monkey that sounds horrible i don't want that to happen no it does not seem fun um that uh i'm trying to so okay apparently during one scene the chimp kept turning around and argento not wanting to film from behind asked Connolly to place her hand on the animal to stop him from turning but when she attempted to do so the chimp became enraged and bit her and then became very hostile toward Connolly for the rest of the movie so she caused like a like a few that didn't stop with uh with this chimp. Did like this was... set turn into nope? <laughs> oh no. Did this chimp eat people's faces off? Oh, I'm very glad Jennifer Connolly is still with us after pissing off that chimp. That could have gone real bad. Like, I bet she like couldn't see nope. It would be too traumatic. Yeah. Oh god, it's like phenomena again. <laughs> <laughs> like the time I was in Switzerland with the chimp and the other weird stuff. <laughs> Like, yeah, I don't see, I would love to know what if someone asked her, I can't imagine, I don't know what she's going to say about it. <laughs> she might be like, oh, I was very young. It was a long time ago. Did you <laughs> see the like red carpet interview with Hugh Grant at the Oscars? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it would be like that where they're like, wouldn't it be, wasn't it fun to be in Phenomena? And she's like, no, not really. And then that's it. <laughs> uh, sorry to go off on a tangent again, but you brought that up. I'm, I couldn't tell if that was him just being a dick or just being like very British and like sarcastic or um, the question. I, I, okay. The que I thought the questions were bad, honestly. Yes. They're stupid questions. And I, <laughs> I think he's gotten to a point of old, he's old and he's got no point of success where he just like, doesn't care about these bullshit interviews. He's <laughs> reaching Clint Eastwood status of grumpy old man, which yeah. I'm here for because I love Hugh Grant. I love old man, Hugh Grant. I thought that interview was hilarious. <laughs> I did laugh because it, it kept getting like more awkward. It was like, oh, God, just stop asking questions. Like, it's not going well. Um, I feel bad for whoever was doing it. I forgot her name. She's like a model. She's not like and she didn't write the question. Someone just put her out there with these this card of questions. I'm sure she they weren't hers. And then she has to like get through the card. And I, I'm sure she's like, oh, this is not going well, but I better I better keep asking. <laughs> I love when she pivots too. well, what are you wearing? And he says, my suit, my suit. <laughs> Oh, that was the that was the real kicker. It was like, what are you wearing? My suit? I don't know. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> uh, 
Oh. Like, that's what that's how I would have answered that question too. <laughs> oh, so I kind of felt bad for both the situation. Like that poor that poor woman's forced to interview people who don't want to be interviewed and and he's like being asked questions that are like he's like these are dumb. <laughs> you know, it was like <laughs> I, I did it was like, what was it like in um Glass Onion? And I was I had to think. I was like, wait, was he even in Glass Onion? I was like, oh, he's in Glass Onion for like three seconds. So yeah, he's like, well, I'm barely in it. <laughs> And he's currently in a big action blockbuster in theaters right now. Like you can't ask him about Operation Fortune. Yeah, which I feel bad I haven't seen yet because. Yeah, me too. I've wanted to see it for a very. I mean, for the trailer, what it came out like two years ago, and I was a long like, time ago, yeah, really into it. And uh, there's just too much stuff right now that's coming out. And um, it came out the same weekend as the, at this movie fest too. So I was that was like a whole day block. But I feel bad because it bombed. I think it didn't. That was not yeah. doing well. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that or Creed three. Obviously, it's harder for me to get to the theater right now, but and I I chose Scream six, but I still I do still really want to see both that and Creed three. Oh, I think I just saw that Operation Fortune is going to be on streaming. Like, I need to pay for it, but I think it's going to be like in this month, like March oh, twenty something. So I was like, well, I'll catch it then. Um, but uh, yeah, that was so creative. What's what are you wearing? I don't know my suit. Um, <laughs> it's like I get a Hugh Grant. Uh, but <laughs> how do we talk about? I don't know how we got to that point either. This keeps happening. <laughs> oh Phenomenal. boy okay yeah the <laughs> the final 20 minutes is amazing it's like if barbarian crammed all its crazy stuff into the last 20 minutes instead of spread it out through the majority of the movie yeah um i love how i i feel like daria nicolodi is like the secret weapon that makes like early argento movies so good i feel like she's so great in all of all of his movies she pops up in i love her in this movie i like i think she builds suspiciousness very well over the course of like this last half hour to where like they meet and she says oh you can stay at my place and she gets progressively creepier i like when she's talking about her son and she says he stays in his room with his crazy thoughts that's yeah. like that's such a good line <laughs> and she has to block all the mirrors and the idea that she has a deformed son locked up in his room like upstairs that seems sad but you're right that the design is so horrifying that your reaction is not to feel bad for it and just like, ah, oh, kill this thing with fire. It's like the <laughs> grossest thing I've ever seen. And it doesn't look human whatsoever. Like no, no deformed person looks like this. No, it's not <laughs> like a human face. Like it, it had the mouth is so bizarre. It barely has eyes. Like it looks and like he's standing like right by a mirror. So you see two of him side by side, which only yeah. makes it even freakier. Because Argento is yeah. just so good. <laughs> it did. It yeah. It does weird me out that design. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, also you don't feel too bad because apparently. Okay, uh, this might be a stupid question, but he is the one murdering, not Dara Nicolo. Like Dara Nicolo is not doing the murdering, right? She's is she bringing him victims to murder? I or don't he... know. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure now. if there's a bit of a mix. And like like I said, like I really tried to pay attention to this thing. I'm not sure who is doing like to kill. And by the way really good murder scenes throughout the movie. It's not like the oh, whole yeah. movie is, you know, slower stuff and it saves it all for the end. Like, you know, the spear through the mouth is a great kill. The beheading at the beginning is a great kill. A lot of good stuff here. I, yeah, I, I don't know what's her and what's the son. I kind of imagine it's mostly the son, but then she seems like a pretty savage killer at the end too. So I'm not sure. Okay, that makes no. It makes me feel better because I was like, "Am I missing something?" That's I almost feel. I've seen it multiple times, and I'm like, I feel like I'm always missing little bits of information. So, 
this makes people a lot better. So yeah, and I watch a creepers cut and I'd probably be more confused. But it's like that's no, kind of both... how it goes with Argento movies, you know, like it's it is hard to follow the logic of that, probably because there isn't logic to everything. Um <laughs> right. there's a fair amount like his movies aren't nonsense and they're not pure dream logic. Inferno kind of is all nonsense, but most of them aren't. <laughs> um but yeah, they're He's definitely more, much more concerned with vibe and kills and scares than he is with the script for sure. Right. And connecting all the dots and yeah. making everything make sense. Yeah. That's, and that's why I don't know if I've ever talked about like Jallo or Italian horror at length on any podcast. Cause it's kind of hard because so many of them are like, I, I could just watch it and then be like, I, I couldn't really walk you through the plot. I can tell you like the, the gist, but so much of it is usually like, I don't know. I just like the vibe. Like I like like the murder set pieces and the music and just the weird atmosphere of the thing. They usually look pretty cool stylistically. Um, but yeah, to walk through them is kind of tough. And then you got to tell people like, yeah, you just got to watch it. You know, it's like it's this very specific thing. Um, but I'm actually a little easier to talk about than like a typical Jallo because again, there's just so much going on. There's just so much happening. Um, it's not like a series of just murder set pieces and me going like, well, yeah, then this lady would hear and she got killed. And this guy would hear and he got killed. You know, it'd be, there's, there's lots of stuff happening. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know again, like who's doing all the murdering in the movie. <laughs> like, but another reason, yeah, to kill the guy, I think he's, he tries to murder Jeff Connolly immediately, like as soon as he can. So I'm assuming that there's something murderous in that child. He's, but... he's doing some of the murdering for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. I keep him alone with his crazy thoughts in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. Um, Man. Oh, there's an update to the Jennifer Connelly chimp story when I scroll down. <laughs> the trivia. Live updates here on Film Live Feast. updates. This is even crazier. Jennifer Connelly had part of her finger bitten off by the chimp. In the final scene, at the end of the film, she was rushed to the hospital and her finger was able to be reattached. My God. Yeah, the, man, I hope her parents felt terrible that they <laughs> allowed her to be in this. Like, I really hope they oh. felt like shit. Yeah. Like, sorry, your finger got bitten off, honey. But, you know, now we get to go do a Jim Henson movie with David Bowie. <laughs> so <laughs> it's all good, right? Wait, he's got what in his pants? <laughs> Oh man, that's yeah. <laughs> Her choices to start off were very interesting. I it's like even there's some stuff I haven't seen it, but I know there's some stuff that she does a few years after like Labyrinth that is interesting. Like I would call the hot spot I want to see with her and Don Johnson and Virginia Madsen, where I think okay, he's I like a, seen that. He's like a drifter or something who goes like New Orleans and um I think it's like a murder mystery or crime mystery or something going on with it. Ooh, it's um, a neo-noir directed by Dennis Hopper. Very cool. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It has a Kino that I own. I still haven't watched. Oh, um, right on. Yeah. Uh, so she makes interesting choices for a long time. I'm I, I'm not talking about Top Gun Maverick too much because I could, but I just, I was so happy to see her back in that movie because I felt like I hadn't seen her in much for a while. I think um, Alita Battle Angel was the last thing before yeah, this. That felt like, oh, I'm happy to see you on this because I felt like she took a break, maybe just to raise her kids, which is nice. But I just was like, I missed her. Um, she was on that show show called Snowpiercer. It was like on TNT. They got canceled, I think. Is based based off on the movie. The... Oh, okay. it is based off the movie. Yeah, yeah. Like did a whole series of it. Um, but 
yeah, no, I was very happy to, uh, to have her back and stuff. So hopefully she keeps acting, <laughs> I hope. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm just thinking it's crazy how long she's been around acting, though. Like starting off in these weird movies that like she's like 14 in this or something and then still doing it, which is great. So, yeah, she has had a really remarkable staying power. Um, yeah, let's see. Like early career she did. Of course, she does The Rocketeer in 91. Oh, yeah. I guess yeah. career opportunities was around this point. I think it was the same year as Rocketeer. I think it was 91. Okay. As well, like. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. She, she is great. I think she's phenomenal. Top Gun Maverick. I kind of, I don't agree with some of the criticism that, Oh, she has nothing to do in that movie. Blah, blah, blah. Like I, I think she just, <laughs> yeah, is so, so charming in it. Um, almost out movie stars, Tom Cruise. And yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I really hope she, do you happen to have her like IMDb pulled up? Does she have anything coming up? I am looking at it. She has something called Dark Matter coming up, which looks like a TV show. Okay. That sounds like a true crime Hulu show. I don't know. It, maybe a sci-fi thing? I'm trying to see. Um, Jason is a physicist, professor, and family man who's abducted into an alternate version of his life and quickly turns to a nightmare when he tries to return to the reality amid the multiverse of lives he could have lived. Ah, it's a multiverse. Let's oh. be honest right now, Matt. It's a TV show. Neither of us will ever. Yeah, we're not going to watch it. But good for Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> like, listen, I almost watched the Snowpiercer show because of her, but I still did not. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's such a bit lazy criticism that she had nothing to do in Top Gun Maverick because that's just not that's not the case. I mean, there, that that part maybe could have been a nothing part if it's somebody who's not as good an actress jennifer connelly but yeah i, I love like that i kept seeing that scene get posted where they go like sailing like on her boat and like she kind of gets to take charge for a minute like he's you know he flies a plane so he's not a boat guy then she like takes charge and like someone pointed out oh, tom cruise tends to like when he's like working with a female lead kind of is not afraid to let them kind of t take charge a little bit like edge of tomorrow like he's not afraid he's, to yeah he's yeah. fantastic with female leads he pretty much always is so, I mean, and I also the scene, so I think that scene, they go on the little date, he takes her home and that scene where he drops her off and they like, give that like look to each other and she goes inside and close the door and has that look of like, oh, you know, like I got a thing for this guy. She's so good in that movie. Like she does so much with, yeah, maybe not like the part isn't too it, written too, you know, big, but I, I, she does so much with that part. So, yeah, um, it's I remember I mean, seeing it in the theater and I remember when. Uh, she kicks Tom Cruise out of her window. <laughs> mm -hmm. I remember thinking this is like the most romantic sexual energy I've seen in a mainstream theatrical movie in like years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Um, and I, you know, it's funny to bring back phenomena that I feel like with this part, I don't know how deeply written this thing is, but I feel like she brings a lot to something where there might not have been a lot there. Like she brings a lot of personality to it. Like, just her being her basically and even doing weird shit like we forgot about her eating baby food at the beginning yeah <laughs> it's like like it, it cracked it up in the creepers cut that happens like immediately she's suddenly like oh can i eat this cool and that, she's just eating okay. baby food and i'm like now that you're saying stuff i remember okay. like oh yeah she starts eating that baby food the creepers cut like there's no there's a little <laughs> more conversation about it in the longer cut but in the creepers cut she's like oh can i have that baby food yum 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 and just starts eating like, <laughs> I was like what so see this is a good example of like because i had the whole conversation from before of setting up sure. the baby food it's not as weird when she just goes straight forth in the creepers <laughs> cut. i do think he dropped some of the music in the creepers cut too like there's a lot of metal oh, that's songs, a bummer which is like interesting there's iron maiden on the soundtrack and uh, yeah. motorhead um i'm sure i'm forgetting there's more than that but like i think he only uses the 
Iron Maiden song once in the Creepers cut, and you kind of hear the Motorhead song, but that's it. I feel like there's way more music in the longer cut. Um, so yeah, there are there are definitely different. Now we're talking about it. there's definitely more differences than I realized. I I knew there was differences, but I'm just bad at picking out like oh this little change happened or that little change happened. I have a bad memory notoriously, so, but I'm very bad at like when I watch two unless it's like real distinct like they major change or something major happens but if you're making minor like we drop the line here we drop the line there i'm not going to catch that stuff <laughs> i'll just be honest like so i thought it'd be more obvious though because the creepers cut again is like 40 minutes shorter and i'm sitting there going like well it's moving faster <laughs> like what was i thought like whole scenes i mean they had to be locked out of the movie like just wholesale like throw it out um i don't know i don't know i i'll be curious now if i go back and yeah. watch it like again I mean, you know i'll probably pull up in a comparison online and be like okay what exactly was missing but i think i will still i joked with the creepers cup but i'll probably still stick to the the longer cut <laughs> like, well I, I mean i'm sure it it heavily affected your experience with creepers that you watched it right after because i had like a week in between oh, you watch yeah, it yeah. right after that I'm, I'm sure it just feels like of course you're just automatically loading all the missing stuff back in in your brain but also <laughs> even if you like the creepers cut like no shame lots of people grew up on the creepers cut lots of people love it um i was actually at the mahoning drive-ins argento marathon last year mm -hmm. and i was there on saturday when they showed like suspiria and stuff um but on that friday they, they showed creepers they didn't show phenomena they showed creepers so people people love creepers i was just watching it like and i felt like it was driving me crazy <laughs> But um, I think I like the dialogue in this movie more than most people. Not like it's look, it's not Billy Wilder. I'm not saying it's great dialogue, <laughs> but I I like I really enjoy the conversations between her and Donald Pleasance. I think the lines are funny. Um, the way he talks about how the way he explains the psychic connection, how that works. And I just love when he says that the greatest detective in the world is is a fly. And just the <laughs> idea that she can find a murder scene by just following a fly because a fly will right. gravitate towards a dead body. I'm like, why isn't every cop in the world doing this? Like, this is all you need to do to find dead bodies is just follow flies around. Right. One fly in a box from like, I don't know how many miles she traveled on a bus. <laughs> the fly's like, stop here. She's like, got it, fly. It's, I mean, when you say it out loud, it's like, this is really a crazy idea. But somehow, I think they make it work. I don't know. It's, I, again probably the way they just talk about it like they talk about it very seriously and like yes this all makes sense uh-huh uh-huh but then if you stop to think about it you're like wait <laughs> does any of this make sense like the flies the detective what's going on um i just buy into <laughs> this crazy logic i'm like sure i'm on board i know that's been a lot of people's i think sticking point when they try to watch like italian horror or jallos it's like they can't get on board with how weird and nonsensical they can be not saying like this one is specifically but like sure they, they just they need like everything explained to them you know like and they, they just they ask all these questions like i know people in this in my real life who i have to ask all these like logic questions about the movie and i'm like can you just watch the movie <laughs> like enjoy the ride like i get some things i, I do that too sometimes I'm not gonna be but but sometimes i can just turn it off and like you know just enjoy the movie but some people i know just have to ask question after question about like well why would they do this that doesn't make sense why would they go here I'm like, this is not a fun way to be. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I, I don't watch movies like that either. Sometimes I hear people review movies and they do talk a lot about like, this doesn't make sense because this, this, and that's not stuff I'm super concerned about. But 
I mean, there are two different kinds of Jalo. Like there are Jalo that are more dream logic nonsense. And there are Jalo that have more story and more distinct characters. And I, I do tend to gravitate more toward Jalo that has more distinct story and characters and such. Like if you think Jalo is just nonsensical dream logic, watch The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. And I would say watch The Case of the Scorpion's Tale. I think both of those movies have good stories, good characters. They're solid movies other than just being like wacky shallow or something like that. But then there's also ones that don't make any sense. And honestly, those are the <laughs> ones that I gravitate to less. Like I don't like Inferno, by the way, Inferno is not technically shallow really, but yeah. Inferno <laughs> is dream logic nonsense. Nothing, nothing about the, that movie story or characters works for me on any level. So I don't really like it despite the fact that it has cool vibe, but I tend to gravitate towards Argento's that have like a narrative that I can latch onto at least somewhat. It's funny because I think I tend to go the other way. I like okay. <laughs> I like the crazier, weirder dream logic stuff, like because I love Inferno. Um, but I do like most of his stuff. I like Birth Crystal Plumage a lot. Um uh I have not seen Case of the Scorpion Sale, which I know is not Argento, right? That's um Martino. Martino? Okay. Yeah. Uh haven't seen that one yet. Uh really good. Okay. Yeah. I uh it's funny too, because sometimes I get mixed up which ones I've actually seen because some of the titles just kind of start to yeah, blur together. that'll happen for sure where i'm like have i seen the case of the iguana with the tongue of fire or have i seen the case of the <laughs> that one i gotta see <laughs> i think that's partially a real title there is something like the iguana with the tongue of fire or something i'm pretty sure that's a real thing okay awesome i think i'll have to look it up um there's just so many of these all, animals are involved it's always like the something's animal something it's just but uh I, even the titles I, I can't even keep straight you know so it's like when i get to the movie and i'm like i can barely keep the plot straight but um yeah i do tend to like the kind of crazier ones um oh my god what's the one there's one that starts off it comes in hot with the crazy it's like it's in a dream i think i even programmed it for like one of our horror marathons all the colors of the dark or all the colors i really like all the colors of the dark okay and that I don't remember because... that being programmed. Maybe it was on one of your original lists or something like that. But maybe, that's... maybe. I I remember <laughs> feeling like that movie had a pretty good story and such, though, too. But it is it is a really weird movie. I'm a big <laughs> it, fan of that one. It might have a good mix of like a good mystery and a bunch of dream. I know because dream logic is really important because it starts off in a dream or a nightmare, really. And then I think there's a whole thing because she's in a car accident. So I feel like she's in like having these kind of like in and out of reality moments. There's a lot of like, is it a dream? Is it not a dream? Um, I just remember that one feeling very much like, okay, they really nailed like some dream logic on this movie because this feels like a nightmare where like random things are happening to you, but they don't really make any sense or relate. So, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed like that one, but it was like a weird one to me that I really like, but, um, there's so many, that's a deep, uh, well to go down of random Italian giallo and, Italian horror movies because there's just a bunch of them. And like now, the phenomena, would you call this more would you call it giallo or just Italian horror? No, I would straight up call it just Italian horror, supernatural okay. horror. I don't think it's a giallo. I don't think Suspiria is giallo either. I know that's a bit contentious. I know a lot of people call it giallo, but I I think I think a giallo needs to have very limited supernatural content, if any. Like maybe someone has some kind of psychic connection to something, but that's about as far as I'll go with supernatural stuff with giallo. Mm -hmm. I think they tend to be uh, just a murder mystery movie. They don't even have to really be horror movies, but I think Phenomena is definitely just a just a horror movie. 
yeah, that's kind of that's why I felt. If anything, I maybe said it was like a Italian horror with a little bit of Jalo elements because that first kill, especially just the it, way, yeah, that it's done. And like I know Charlton has done that whole like I think head through glass thing multiple times, like Tenebrae for sure, Tenebrae yeah. for sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I, it's funny because people mix up Jalo and Italian horror. I feel like it's a fairly easy distinction to make unless they kind of mix the genres but yeah gal to me is like usually like a straightforward murder mystery usually a killer with black gloves like if it's like that kind of thing and then time horrors if, if it's got more supernatural elements i it's a i usually can feel like i'm pretty good about like separating those two even though it's not a big deal if somebody to me if someone calls something no yeah the wrong thing but you it is funny because yeah, i watch asperia and i'm like this is not a jallo really at all this is just it's a witch movie horror. it's a witch movie yeah it's like so um but yeah, this yeah, this is definitely I would say more <laughs> Italian horror for sure because it's got a lot of weird supernatural stuff going on. Um, uh, anything else you want to say about phenomena? I'm trying to wrap up. Yeah, but I'm just trying to think of what else to bring up. So, well, I have a couple more things. First, okay. where does phenomena rank for you in Argento? Oh man, that's a good question. <laughs> I I usually ask that question. And I forgot. Uh, let me look at his filmography. This is tough. He he has a filmography where I like so many of the movies pretty equally um boy okay <laughs> i would say suspiria is still my favorite then i would say i'll tell you ones i think i like more than phenomena <laughs> because i don't know if i can just rank the. i'll just i know i like suspiria as my favorite i love deep red i love inferno uh man <laughs> maybe it's fourth because I think it's I think it's Inferno, Suspiria, Deep Red. Then I'd probably say this, and Opera and Tenebrae are really up there too. With the I mean, oh boy, <laughs> so I'll just I'll settle on fourth for Phenomena. I'll settle on the fourth place uh, spot for it. Now cool. I'm curious what works for you with Argento. <laughs> I think well, I I had a bit of a switch up last year because I actually I had a chance to see a few Argentos theatrically. I got oh. to see Tenebrae in a theater, and I used to always consider Tenebrae my favorite Argento. And I saw it in the theater and it, it somehow never felt slower to me. And I felt like maybe like I've seen it too many times at this point. It was funny. I went to see it with our friend Chris Hurtado oh. and my wife and his girlfriend. And towards the beginning of the movie, I'm watching it. And it's a late show, but I'm, I'm watching it. And then I look around. Everyone is asleep except for me. All of them are asleep within like the first like five minutes. I'm like, well, wow. I'm watching this alone. So maybe that crept into my brain that like they're all sleeping through it and it felt more boring for me. That was funny because I wanted to hear their like their reaction, especially Steph and uh uh I don't know if Chris was dating the time, but yeah, like it was uh, Charlie. Oh, it was Charlie. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That uh that if it was what they if they had I don't know how much time horror they've seen or jello they've seen, because people who haven't seen the genre, I think, sometimes see it and are like the fuck is this like it, it can be so yeah, alien i was worried about it because i didn't think she'd like it but she slept through it anyway oh well there you go okay so <laughs> it worked <laughs> out um man that's yeah I, I was gonna say usually things end up playing better at a theater so that's yeah. kind of but i guess with people sleeping around you kind of was like oh maybe this isn't that great um, maybe but then i saw suspiria at the mahoning drive-in and it like never played better for me like mm. i was so mesmerized by it it was an amazing experience um, so I, I think I would put Suspiria at the top, but I think I'd put Phenomena number two. Wow. Okay. And then I'd probably go Tenebrae. I think I'd still put Tenebrae three and then I'd go Bird with the Crystal Plumage four and then probably Deep Red five. Yeah. I mean, I, the funny thing is I'm looking at all these movies like that one. I didn't mention that one. That's great. Bird with the Crystal Plumage is great. I like Cat of Nine Tails a lot. That's a fun one. 
that's the one of the animal trilogy i did that's the one i did think was boring i liked four flies on gray velvet a lot better still haven't seen that one because it's the it one that's hard to get to for a long time it's hard to see um I don't know it got a blu-ray even... release now which was but again was that like a weird limited thing through like severin was we it? had to I... order it that weekend or something let me see i didn't <laughs> buy it i ended up like years ago before that blu-ray release i subscribed to like this really weird streaming service <laughs> i don't remember what it was even uh-huh. called just because they had they were the only place you could see four flies on gray velvet <laughs> and it didn't look that great but i still i really liked the movie Oh, I did appreciate that reference in Scream 6 also with the Four Flies and Gray Velvet Argento reference. There was, I think, two references. Oh, yeah. And he says, like, she gave me a C minus on my Jello paper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that reference is for like a handful of people in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> I I would have bought the Four Flies and Gray Velvet thing from Severin, but it was really expensive. And I've never seen the movie. And people have kind of said, a few people have said, like, eh, I don't know, like, if it's even his best, you know. And I'm like, do I want to pay 50 50- 50 or 60 bucks for like not even his best movie. You know Was what it I mean? like 50 or 60 bucks? That's crazy. Yeah. I would and ne- now I, I feel dumb though do because that. I'm on eBay and people are trying to sell it for over a hundred dollars. So <laughs> I That's don't say Cause what... like, I, hmm. I like the movie. Would I rewatch it enough to justify $50? No, of course not. <laughs> I can't think of many movies I would do that for. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. This is selling for like 130 bucks on eBay. This 4k they put out. Mm. Um, wow. <laughs> it's like well, that's a bummer i just wish they would make it more you know they made it so limited it was like we're only selling i think they're only selling it for like the one weekend like and then Man, we're done really just caters to scalpers so hard you know right even if you like limit the how much they can buy i there's probably some weird rights thing where they're i know these companies get rights to these movies and they're like well you can sell this limited amount and that's all you can sell but yeah, it just uh, that was a bummer, and it's still not showing up anywhere to watch for like to even pay for. So <sighs> I don't know. One day I'll just <laughs> pull the plug. There is that other company; they have like very bright yellow <laughs> Blu-rays. I forgot their name. They put out a few Jallos I've seen, um, and people told me that Blu-ray kind of sucked of the <laughs> Four Flies and Gray Velvet. Yeah, it looks like it's from Shameless. Shameless, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have any. I don't have any Shameless Blu-rays. <laughs> Oh, it, it, I got to see it, though, because it's irking my like completionist uh, for Argento because it's the only one of his early stuff I haven't seen. You so know, he, here's a dirty little secret that I've discovered recently. If there's a movie that's hard to see, if you Google title full movie and then just click video tab, it's probably there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I, that's how I saw Shadow of the Vampire recently. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure I'm sure I could cast on my TV. The problem is, like, I would do I don't want to watch on a phone, obviously. And then I could do it on my laptop, but I've never really I only use the laptop for podcasting. I, I just plug I could, the HDMI cord into the laptop. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I could probably do that. Again, I'm just lazy. There's <laughs> there's just sure. no excuse that I'm just like, I gotta go with the laptop and blah, blah. you know, <laughs> there's really this I mean, this is a height of laziness, but um <laughs> one day I'll just uh I'll just uh pull the trigger and do it. I'll just but... watch Neon Maniacs instead. It's oh, right God. here on Tubi. <laughs> I'll sit through hour and 25 minutes of this with ads. For... <laughs> Although at least the ads were limited. I, I that to be, like you said earlier, maybe like three ad breaks per movie. No matter it's how awesome. Yeah. It's, it's pretty nice. Unlike the fucking Roku channel. I'll never forget. Ruined my first viewing of, uh, Oh my God. Uh, Oh brother art thou, because there were 10 commercial breaks <laughs> jammed into this. Like, I don't even think two hour movie. And it just like, kept stopping every like, 
a few minutes for commercials and i was like oh my god like stop this um but yeah Tubi does it right i'm telling you like they there's something this has been a to be sponsored podcast for sure i would love they sponsor me i'd be all about it um absolutely <laughs> i would just dedicate my whole podcast to just Tubi movies I was so upset because I had what I thought was a good idea for a podcast or even like a series on this podcast called like to be or not to be. That's but that a, already. Yeah, it, it does exist. <laughs> it does. It's it's a good I mean, it's a great idea. It's uh, I can't remember who does it. I think it's like someone maybe like I feel like it's someone we know or in the circle of podcasters or oh, I see I them know. pop up. I see them okay. pop up like um. So somebody we know is a fan, I guess. <laughs> but but kudos to them because it's a good title. And I'm glad somebody's doing it because. Yeah that's and you have so much to pick from i don't know what like i don't know what their parameters are but you just go through the Tubi library and there's stuff on there i'm like what is this it's like walking through a virtual video store and being like what is this movie <laughs> you know it's like um but yeah maybe one day four flies and gravel will pop up on Tubi. maybe i can watch it on there. that would be that would be the streaming service there that we get go. it <laughs> um what else about phenomena? I don't. I'm not trying to rush this or anything. I just no. You're good. Up. Well, last thing, and we can go through it fairly quickly. You know, because I know we're running a bit long. But I was looking up how 1985 was for horror movies, and it was pretty awesome. So I have a list of 1985 horror movies, and I want you to tell me what's better, phenomena or oh, this. I love this game. I'm <laughs> this okay. Is, okay, I'm excited. I'm ex yes. Okay, so. Okay, what's better, Phenomena or the one you tell me? Okay, got it. Okay, yeah. yeah. So we'll start with my personal favorite. So Phenomena or Fright Night? Oh, Fright Night. <laughs> it's got to be Good Fright man. Night. Good yeah. man. Good man. Phenomena or The Return of the Living Dead? I'm going to say something maybe controversial. <laughs> I like Return of the Living Dead, but I don't feel like I love it as much as everybody else does. That's not that controversial. What am I saying? <laughs> Just the saying you don't love it is like, as a horror fan, is like, I feel like every year people post the date it starts off with like whatever date that movie starts on people are like return of the living dead oh day. yeah um and it's a cool movie tarman's awesome i get it but i gotta go phenomenon on that one <laughs> i agree because like i i enjoy return of the living dead it's a lot of fun but i have no connection to those characters whatsoever yes yeah <laughs> but the zombie stuff is really cool and oh, the characters yeah, yeah. are like entertaining enough but i don't care about any of them <laughs> yes exactly that's that's how i feel basically yeah so we're on the same page it's good it's good <laughs> All right, let's let's get a little bit harder. Reanimator. Oh <laughs> man. <laughs> wow. This was a good year for horror too, because we're like three movies in, and I'm like, okay, this uh, I uh well I, man. <laughs> I I'm gonna say phenomena. I, I've seen it more than reanimator, but it's very close. That one hurt. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think reanimator is a better movie. But I think like my love for From Beyond, like kind of just like overshadows my love for Reanimator. So I think I am going to go Phenomena as well. I was kind of thinking the same thing about like if this was From Beyond, that'd be an easier choice. I like From Beyond more. So I'm like, if I like From Beyond more than Reanimator, how much do I like Reanimator? I still love Reanimator, but but it's Phenomena. I, I, let's go with that one. <laughs> Why do we both like From Beyond so much better than Reanimator when Reanimator is like such the bigger classic? I don't know, but I I don't feel like we're alone in that because I feel like the tide has kind of started to turn to a lot of people being like, oh, I like From Beyond like more than Reanimator. So I don't know if like a lot of people saw Reanimator first and they were louder about it than From Beyond or like uh -huh. From Beyond maybe it wasn't available for a long time. And I, like, I don't know what the... I feel like something has shifted though and more people are saying like oh i like from beyond more because i do i do like from beyond more i feel like it's a little more 
polished as a movie <laughs> like um it's more creative it, more, it might more, be the barbara crampton resurgence because she's a lot better in from beyond it's a lot more true. of an interesting role for her yeah and you get ken foray as a bonus <laughs> it's like, yes, you do. um i just think that movie's so creative and crazy and like the horror stuff that it's doing like reanimator is great don't get me wrong but i just if I'm, you put it in front of me i'm going from beyond and if you're putting phenomena and reanimator in front of me i'm probably still going to grab phenomena <laughs> so yeah i think i agree uh george romero day of the dead oh my god <laughs> this is it's a great this, year it's a i mean really, it's a great really year. Good year this is painful i oh boy because <laughs> sometimes i think it's my favorite in that whole trilogy is day of the dead but it's a real downer and phenomena is not a downer <laughs> so <laughs> no it's not if we're talking about like what i think is better it's day of the dead but i think if i had if i'm picking like what do i want to watch more i'm probably gonna go phenomena i agree <laughs> so okay <Yeah. laughs> i agree and also like it's kind of like the same situation where my love for dawn of the dead overshadows my love for day of the dead so i would pick dawn of the dead over phenomena but i think i'm gonna go phenomena over day of the dead we might be unusually big phenomena fans we <laughs> We're like really be. big stands. Yeah. And you know what's realizing. funny? I don't think that this whole episode I really expressed how much I love Phenomena. I feel like you did a better job of that than I did, but I, I do really love this movie. It's just very hard for me to express why I love it. I just, this crazy thing that I love. But now that we're doing these, I'm like, oh yeah, I really love Phenomena. <laughs> like, because it's beating a lot of these movies. So yeah, um, man, okay. What else you got? <laughs> uh, Steve Miner's House. Uh, uh, that was, This one's easy. I don't like House that much. So Phenomena. <laughs> house is fun but uh yeah not it much more one than of those that. one of those movies that got built up for me for a long time as like an 80s horror classic when i finally watched it, i was kind of like huh it's it's like this is not what i expect also for some reason when i was a kid um we had all these all these videotapes that were like just my label maker on what the title was and like for some reason the movie we had house and house two on the same tape and labeled just how it no, I couldn't see any pictures. It was just house and house too. And someone had told me something, or I got it in my head that house was like the scariest movie ever made. I feel oh, like no. my mom or dad or somebody was like, never watch that. It's the scariest movie. And I said, Oh God, I don't ever want to see house. And I watched it. I'm like, this isn't scary at all. But again, that's <laughs> me as like a 30-something-year-old man watching house and being like, This is actually kind of funny. This isn't really scary. I think my expectations were set way differently for house than the movie that i watched so yeah, it's um, a goofy horror comedy for yeah, sure like really know. goofy i don't know maybe i was looking at her mom like just yelled like that's a scary movie stop and somewhere that got because yeah for the longest time i was like that's the scariest movie ever made it was not i don't know what i was thinking was she thinking of the japanese house i'm sure she does not know what that is <laughs> <laughs> oh crazy movie too uh yeah <laughs> How about the uh, Stephen King adaptation, Cat's Eye? Ooh, I do like Cat's Eye, but phenomena over Cat's Eye. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Cat's Eye is okay. You can yeah. see James Woods try to kick cigarettes. <laughs> Drew Barrymore get chased around by Cat. What's the middle segment? Oh, my God. I wish oh, the cat. ledge. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The ledge is, okay, yeah. Because the thing is, that movie, I'd only seen, somehow me and my sister had seen the Drew Barrymore uh segment i'm almost like out of like we didn't see the rest of the movie we just saw that one segment um and for years i'd only seen that one part of the movie and i thought that was like from something else i don't know like so her it was like a troll or a little gnome evil guy chaser and the cat saves her from that guy and throws him into a i don't fan. even remember that That's oh funny. yeah it's, i just it's... remember a cat 
the cat and the, the troll like fight and the troll is like a little knife and the cat oh, like I, I see think, that on the poster now ends yep. up pushing her or pushing the, the gnome into like a fan and the thing gets all chopped up that's my <laughs> really strong memory of this movie but um Cat's eye is fine, but yeah, it's it's no phenomena for sure. <laughs> you know, it would be a funny podcast if you just like go through a bunch of horror anthologies and see if you can remember what all the segments are. <laughs> I smell an October episode for this year. I would lose if it was Amicus movies. Those all those run together. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's a favorite of yours: Demons, Lamberto Bava. Oh my god, <laughs> is this the best year for horror movies ever? Like. This is... <laughs> crazy um man you know what i i think i'm gonna go demons okay i'm i'm sticking phenomena because i okay. i've always been a person who like i like demons it, it might be again like the story thing like demons doesn't have much of a story to tell at all which like is okay because the yeah, horror like, is so cool yeah. but i yeah. i prefer phenomena understandable <laughs> uh i don't know if i know your opinion on this movie nightmare on elm street 2 freddy's revenge Funny enough, the first nightmare movie I saw, uh, because I would I've told the story many times, people like stop telling the story, but terrified of Freddy Krueger as a kid, uh, didn't want to go near him, didn't want to see him, he freaked me out. Somehow, like a friend's sleepover or a friend was staying in my house, and I was like alone, everyone else had fallen asleep, and Nightmare Two comes on. Or I think they, they started it, left me with it, and then I kind of got into it and I was like, Ooh, I'm scared of this, but I kind of gotta see what happens because I'm into it now. Um that one that one freaks me out actually because it's very brutal um it's it's it feels darker uh, in a weird way like it's very it feels very visceral that movie like i think i'm, I'm thinking ripping out of the body you know it's like um so i like nightmare too <laughs> i'd still go phenomena <laughs> all that to say um yeah, yeah. me too for sure <laughs> uh here's here's one i know we both like silver bullet i, I really like silver bullet but it's no phenomena. Sorry, Me Hayden. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Me and Hayden did a whole podcast of Silver Bullet, and it's great, but it's, yeah. Such a good vibe to that movie. Like, perfect. It's exactly what I want from Stephen King vibe. Yes, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, I think this is your favorite movie of all time. Friday the 13th, Part 5, A New Beginning. <laughs> oh, what a wonderful, sleazy movie that is not my favorite movie of all time, or horror movie. Uh, <laughs> not even my favorite in that series. Uh, probably like it. Well, no, everyone seems like not everyone seems like it now, but it seems like it's had a um, resurgence, I would say, because it was definitely one of the lesser Friday movies when I was younger. Everyone hated Friday Five. Um, I'm going Phenomena. I don't know why I'm talking so much. Like I'm just like Friday Five is fun, but yeah, Phenomena much better movie. So yeah, <laughs> you know, I was just thinking when you said this movie got a resurgence. Is there a sequel in a major slasher franchise that has not got a resurgence? Uh, I still feel like New Blood hasn't gotten its resurgence, which is my f- really. I feel like people love New Blood, dude. I don't know. I feel like if I look at rankings, it's always near the bottom. Okay, no, I guess we some, need I mean, the New Blood people, resurgence with these big franchises. Somebody else always likes. You can find a group of like ten horror fans, and you go, "I like New Blood," and one guy will be like, "Me too, man." Like someone's gonna back you up, but um, New Blood and Jason takes Manhattan. I feel like no one still likes that one really that much Ooh, maybe uh, scream six is going to turn that tide oh maybe but i don't know i still i think i'm on record as new blood be my favorite i'm not sure if that's still true but i do i do love the new blood um so i don't know but yeah these uh, these all movies all get some kind of reappraisal at some point so for sure you know yeah here's a big one for me uh toby hooper's life force 
Oh, man. <laughs> Another crazy movie. Man, a good year for not just horror movies, like batshit insane horror movies, too. Yeah, uh, for sure. Oh, my God. Wow, this is tough. Um, man, I do, I've seen Phenomena more, but I'm trying to think of like which one I want to watch more. I, I think I'm going to go Life Force. It's almost like a tie for me. This it's, is the it, hardest uh, one. I really it feels love like Life a tie. Force. Like it, I think I'm saying Life Force more because I just watched Phenomena twice in one day, and I'm like, I want to watch Life Force more right now. <laughs> like, sure, I think that's how I'm thinking of. Also, it. you're probably um, just tired of saying Phenomena at this point. I said Phenomena. Something else. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like a tie, though. It really feels like a tie. So yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go uh, Life Force this time. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm not even sure if this is a horror. I mean, I've seen it, but it's debatable if it's a horror movie. Uh, Teen Wolf. I have actually never seen Teen Wolf. Oh, okay. I mean, you're not yeah. missing that much. It's not amazing. <laughs> That's what I hear. It's, yeah. it's fun. A movie growing up that I heard as like a beloved 80s movie that you need to see. And then as time goes on, people are like, you don't need to see Teen Wolf. It's not that good. <laughs> like, yeah. So, uh, yeah. No, I haven't seen Teen Wolf. So, Phenomena wins by default, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, okay. Let's end this thing. Larry Cohen's The Stuff. The Stuff. I thought the stuff was okay, but it's so it's phenomenal again. Like I'm with you. I think the stuff is like, eh, I don't know if I don't get it or something. Cause everyone acts like it's like kind of this really smart satire. And like, I get the satire, but I, I, I didn't think it was that great either. Yeah. It, the, yeah. We were pretty aligned on a lot of those actually. We were. So, and phenomena won a lot of, uh, for me, a good year for horror. And it won a lot of those battles that I love that game. That was fun. Thank you for doing that. Sure. So. Yeah. And we really put in perspective what big phenomena fans we are yes that helped me even put in perspective <laughs> it's like oh yeah yeah in case anyone was unclear because i feel like i started the podcast off by like rambling because i didn't know what to say about phenomena but it, we we found our groove uh you're a good podcast host thanks for steering the ship on that one. <laughs> oh, i didn't i didn't mean to take the take the ship no no you helped i i appreciate it uh because sometimes i uh, you know i get a little lost i need i need a friend to help out so i appreciate it <laughs> like we're in this so. together man that's what, he pulls on as a pod her talking about this podcast. You can never talk too much. Like I'm the host. I'm here every week. If you're the guest, go nuts. Like I don't, I, it does not bother me one bit. I don't need to get my, my stuff in really. I'm happy to sit back and be like, you know, you take over the show. I'm just here for long for the ride. I totally agree. I also have people who come on cobwebs say that. And I'm like, I, I brought you here to talk. That's the right. only thing you are here to do. It's yes. your only job. Yes, I love it. People talk a bunch. I'm like, great. This is, makes my job easier. I don't have to fill in like gaps of silence or anything. <laughs> like, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, uh, I appreciate it. Uh, I, I, I that was a great ending. I don't know what else to say because that was a great thing to end on. <laughs> so, um, any closing thoughts on Phenomena? No, it's a. If we haven't convinced you by now and you still haven't seen it, you should see Phenomena or Creepers. Yeah. Depends if you want to see it and fast forward or not. <laughs> if you want to see, I would never recommend someone watch Creepers first. I will, I will say that uh, <laughs> because it won't make any sense. It, it's kind of hard to hold together the first time when you see the whole thing. When you see Creepers, you're like, "Wait, what's happening?" <laughs> like, at least they try to fill you in on the, the longer cut. But uh, yeah, Phenomena's great. Argento is great. I don't know if I said that enough. He, I mean, that run to start his career until like into the '90s is a great run i mean he really doesn't miss like, hardly at all in there so um yeah he's he's great he can make like imagine like not argento trying to make a phenomenon how <laughs> how that might be you know it's like that's the, the less... thing it's like there are yeah. a lot of crazy 80s horror movies that are just not made by very good directors and phenomena is a crazy 80s horror movie but really really well made because it's made by argento so i 
it's a special movie for sure yeah yeah it's good stuff uh so well thank you again for doing this this was fun i'm glad we finally did this because i don't think i ever mentioned this whole time they put a poll up months ago like before october of last year oh that's like, right yeah that's how this all started and i put a poll up and like what people vote for uh an october episode and like this i think came in fourth <laughs> this came in dead last of the four choices <laughs> but i was like really bummed it's like i really want to do a phenomenon episode and i think you were like hey if you want to do a phenomenon episode let me know so i'm glad uh we did this i'm glad to have you back on the show and talk to you again um because it's been too long so you're welcome back anytime i think we already have something else planned we have two things planned even before we, we do need... yeah yeah one thing planned for Nina jones but um but yeah so Anytime. I love talking movies with you. So, Oh, thanks, man. I love being here. Love this show. Uh, always listen every Monday. And uh, I, I was so excited to talk about this movie. So I'm glad we made this happen. Because I, rem I remember when this came about, like I was vocally bummed that Phenomena lost the poll. And not even because I wanted to be on it, but just because like, I want to hear a Phenomena episode. And um, you were very kind to invite me on. So I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> the secret about those polls is I put the movies up and I'm probably going to do all of them eventually. But, you know, it's like, <laughs> like if it loses, it'll somehow still get its due. But uh, um, I should tell people, this is actually a good reminder. I think, I, I say I think, that the next episode should finally be, I did a poll a few months, or not, not that long ago, a few weeks ago, for a random, it was like four random movies and Constantine won. So I think we're finally doing the Constantine episode that was voted on. <laughs> and it should be me and Carmelita and Chris Barreras. Oh, very cool. That will motivate me to finally see Constantine. I've never seen it. Oh, okay. I think I think you would like Constantine. I probably I would. It seems a, up my alley. It's Keanu fighting demons and all these things. So uh I, I think I think it'd be up your alley for sure. Um so yeah, that should be the next episode. Everything goes according to plan. If not, I don't know what's going to happen. So that's how I, that's how I usually do this show. Um, so yeah, do you want to go ahead and plug? People can follow you, what you're up to and all that stuff. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you can find my podcast, the Cobwebs podcast. It's on pause at the moment, uh, but I'm still active on my YouTube channel, the Cobwebs channel. Uh, probably the biggest thing happening there is I'm doing a series uh, decade by decade, where I talk about my favorite movie of every year. So far, I've done the 30s, 40s, 50s. So 60s will be coming up next. And uh, people seem to be enjoying that. I'm having a lot of fun with it. So that's probably the biggest thing happening there. Uh, and then you can follow me on Twitter at Epler Daniel, or you can follow my um, all my classic movie talk at Cobwebs Pod. Good stuff. Good stuff. Everyone should be following you. Please check out the YouTube channel. Like I said, I love it. I'm not just telling you that again. <laughs> I really enjoy when you did the decade thing. I was like, oh, this is great. I love this. I, can I ask you, I don't know if you decide, how far do you plan to go? Are you going to go to the 90s? I think there was some debate about, you were debating how far to go with the decades list. Yeah, the only reason I was debating is because I've just built up a certain audience at this point. And whenever I do something modern, the view numbers are way, way low. Like I just did like a Scream video because I just saw Scream 6 and I was excited. And like nobody watched the Scream video because I just, I've just built up an audience that just wants the classic film talk. So maybe I'll just do them. I'll just do the 2000s for you, Matt. And uh, and I don't care if nobody watches them. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'll watch. You'll be like, I have one view and I know it's from Matt. <laughs> uh, I would, yeah, I would love to hear it. I mean, at least I would hope you go through the 90s. And then, I'll go uh, through, the, I already committed. I'll go through the 90s. Okay, okay. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, as long as it's like just audience of one, it's fine. That, I mean, that's, at least you know, you built up this core audience who cares about older movies. Like, yeah. it's kind of a bummer. They don't want to watch newer stuff. But, you know, at least you know, like what they want and what they're into. So um, it's very cool stuff. So um, yes, check that out. I do hope the podcast comes back at some point, but I just, you know, have a good time doing the YouTube channel. So um, 
all good. All good. As long as you're doing making content somewhere, I think we're good. So um, yeah. So everyone check that out uh, for our stuff. It's the usual. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Maple87. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Film Feast Pod. And you can follow me and the podcast on Instagram, Film Feast, all one word. Um, and that's it for this time, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye.